Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, Winnipeg and Manitoba? Welcome to a Friday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. We got a packed show today. Dave Pagnotta from the uh, the fourth period is going to jump on. Looking forward to Dave's take on all the nonsense of the past week with the Jets and the Wild and the discourse amongst the hockey community. Uh, but we'll also uh, tap into his brain and see what he's hearing about uh, you know potential moves um, in and around the league heading into the trade deadline and uh, what he's hearing about the Winnipeg Jets. Looking forward to that. Um, Kenny of Kenny and Rennie fame. Yes, Ken Weeb, Weeb's World himself, Winnipeg Free Press is going to join us from Anaheim. We'll uh, talk a little bit about last night's win over the San Jose Sharks and get ready to get right back at it tonight as the Jets take on the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Well, not even finishing off, but continuing an incredibly busy week as part of five games in seven days. Jets in Arizona on Sunday night. That's a six o'clock game time in Winnipeg. Um, And obviously there's a little bit of backstory to this Jets-Ducks game. Um, certainly not with the vitriol and insanity that has surrounded the Jets wild. Um, But I think we all remember Ryan Strom's knee is the reason that KFC has been out for the last just about month um, and was expected to be out six to eight weeks. And uh, what inspired one of our chatters to uh, turn into the knee of KFC. Um, So Jets Ducks tonight, a game to talk about last night. And, man, more discourse in the hockey world. Elliot Friedman kind of chimed in today on 31 Thoughts on a little bit more in the Jets' wild rivalry. And Michael Russo, (laughs) Michael Russo, your favorite athletic writer, Winnipeg, um, also had a nice sit-down with Ryan Hartman, which we will get to coming up in just a minute. Uh, Welcome to everybody in chat. Great to see you all here. Man, this has been a huge week for us. We appreciate everyone jumping in. If you are new and haven't kind of joined us, we're live every day at 1 p.m. here on Winnipeg Sports Talk YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your favorite pods. Just search Winnipeg Sports Talk. That's usually up and in your inbox around 3.30, just in time for the drive home from work if you're not able to join us on YouTube. But please, hit that subscribe button and give us a thumbs up while you're at it. And if you're with us on YouTube, make sure to stick around towards the end of the program after 2.45 if you haven't been part of the marble race before, you will certainly want to be always a fun part of the game. Uh, I see USA has just opened the scoring uh, at the World Junior Hockey Championship gold medal game. one nothing USA. Three minutes remaining in the first period. We'll be keeping our eyes on that as well. Hey, just before we bring in Reem and get the show going... <clears throat> A huge thanks to the sponsors that make the show happen every day. Cool Bet Canada just finished up the lock shop with JBM. Dusty's back next week. We've got some great NFL exclusives for you cool betters there. We'll tit that a little bit later on. Uh, of course, our friends at Little Brown Jug, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, the Winnipeg Jets, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Sport Manitoba, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery and Modern Man Barbershops. And we'll get to a why not question of the day for uh, our friends over at Not Auto Corp, Waverly and McGillivray. Michael Remus, what is up? How you doing? Yeah, a little tired after last night. It was a late one. Uh, Jets, Ducks, 930 local start. Worth staying up for, but I stayed up longer. Watch a little post-game action, illegal curve. And Kenny and Randy looking forward to having 
uh, Ken on because a lot of topics. <laughs> and I was hoping starting Wednesday we'd be sticking to you know how well the Jets are playing. You know that they're you know have a chance to overtake what first in the league if they win tonight and the battle for the Central Division. And I got to give you props as you called it all show yesterday that Dallas Colorado was going to be a three point game in overtime. Guaranteed, and it was, but. I mean, look at this. 52 points in 37 games. They're third in the league in points. Uh, and second in the league, tied for second with Boston in terms of points percentage. And if they win today against the Ducks, I'm sure they're big favorites here against a, a rebuilding Ducks team. They could be first in the league, which is wild. And what Connor Hellebuck named an all-star yesterday. Certainly had an all-star performance again for the Jets, allowing uh, three or less for, what, 26 straight now and it i mean the power play scored so lots lots to talk about and you know, the line switched and then they switched back so i'm sure we'll get to some uh, some other uh you know off ice topics but on ice <laughs> going really well for the jets yeah it was a great uh you know it was real fun watching the uh, the game especially seeing all the dads by the way uh it's a great hat i love the generic hat from little brown jug mm -hmm. although when we came on and you came on i was really disappointed that you had a hat on because uh, I thought you were rocking the Pat Riley, um, the oh, Pat Riley look today. Pre, yeah, pre-show shower, a slick back. No, <laughs> no, I'm a hat guy. So although I don't, I feel like since I started, got I got glasses. Like it doesn't look it. I don't look as cool with a hat now. <laughs> kind of. I don't know. Oh man. Well, um, anyways, I just had to mention that I was hoping you were going to debut the new look today, but uh, that'll have to wait no. for another uh, for another moment. As I mentioned, World Juniors one nothing USA. We'll keep an eye on that throughout the afternoon. All right. Well, listen. Let's get to the game last night first and foremost. Um, you know, it. I don't know about you. I had vibes of the last time these two teams played. Uh, I think the Jets came out far better than they did in that game. It was kind of a reversal where the Jets were a little slow in the game that they lost and then really brought it as the game continued on and just had a tough time um, getting it past Mackenzie Blackwood. I mean, the first 10 minutes, the Jets were living in the shark zone. Um, but they weren't able to score. And, you know, when was it? Barabanov, I guess, um, you know, hit that one-timer through Hellebuck and got one uh, up one nothing. You sort of thought, oh, geez. I mean, you know, sooner or later, the team's going to lose a game. This happens through the regular season. Would last night be the case? Um, and it was the fourth line, once again, that just absolutely relentless. Game in and game out. Making things happen. And uh, there's Morgan Barron in front of the net, banging in uh, a shot past um, past Mackenzie Blackwood. Um to tie it up. And then I thought the Jets, you know, really continued to push the pace. Although credit to the Sharks. I mean, they certainly didn't just whimper away. Um, but the Jets were strong defensively. And when, it was much like Neil Pionk said, and when they did have a breakdown or they did give up a good chance, Connor Hellebuck was there to uh, to save the day. And he was so solid last night, making some big saves. And he's just absolutely feeling it right now. And uh, as he should be, um, you know, named to the All-Star game yesterday as the Winnipeg Jets representative, um, and continuing to build on uh, a Vesna caliber season so far. Um, but for me, Reem, is the best thing that happened, other than the obvious two points for the Winnipeg Jets, was PP1 getting on the board. And, uh, you know, that final power play that they ended up scoring on, um, they were firing the puck relentlessly. I think Josh Morrissey had three or four shots 
on that power play, and they were not waiting. And Gabriel Velarde was in right there in front of the net. <laughs> they didn't get a bang-in rebound, um, but I think it had the Ducks on their heels enough that it allowed Nikolai Ehlers the room and space to see that lane to the net. And uh, there was uh, Velarde just sitting back door with the tap in on the brilliant pass from Nikolai Ehlers. And that was all the Jets needed as uh, they only gave up one goal, put another win in the win column and move on to the duck pond tonight. Yeah, first of all, that fourth line, uh, you know, getting it going. It's you're in a tough spot, man. You're really outplaying them. Uh, you're having flashbacks. This Mackenzie Blackwood. What's he got on us? He can't beat us. I looked at his stats coming into the game. Someone was like, what's up with Blackwood? And coming in, it was in six games. Uh, his save percentage against the Jets was 915 compared to his career 903. And coming into the game, his uh, goals against against the Jets 243 compared to a career 309. So uh, I thought they had a lot of chances. There were a couple point blank ones. Nemestikov, like right in there, uh, shooting into his glove. And you're down 1 0. But who's, it's been, who it's been all week? The fourth line getting on in. We've talked about point per game Tonanato. I thought he should have, you know, if there was like a fourth assist or something, he could yes. have been he could have been in on that one, but the streak ends. But it was Morgan Barron, uh, you know, in front of the net. And I think <laughs> it was Joe Pascucci on Twitter who said uh said someone, you know, has got to screen this Blackwood. And they certainly went to the net and and put it in. And uh they all played the Sharks all night. But I like this quote from Rick Bonus. He said, Look, we're top of the league now. Guys are gonna be coming for us. We have to be ready and I think that was the case last year when they were at the around this time when they were first in the West. Maybe they weren't ready for what was going to happen in the second half. They seemed to be better prepared this year. Talk about shooting on the power play. They only had about, because of the goal, they only had, what, one minute, 11 seconds of power play time. But they had five shots. There's games where they've had, like, three power plays. They didn't have that many shots oh, not on, at all. on net. So uh, the message received, and uh, Love gave Velarde. You see that play sometimes where guys just kind of park off to the side of the net and... Uh, he just had to tap, tap it in, a little tap, tap, tap a from Gabe Velarde. So well done, Jets. You know, battling through those time, you know, time zone change has to be a late start for them. <laughs> Nine thirty Central. I don't know, first one on a road trip, but yeah, it was a solid W and uh, what franchise record point streak with Jets Thrashers. So uh, what a season they're having. Oh man, it's uh, yeah, this is a fun team to watch, and I mean, not enough people around the league, I think, are paying at all attention to it. But at a certain point, um, you keep on winning, you barge your way to the top of the standings. People are going to have to take notice. I think we know everyone has sort of been noticing, but it hasn't been because of the way the team's been playing. It's been um, because of some of the extracurriculars, shall we say, coming out of last week's home and home against the Minnesota Wild. Now, I know T. Conapoli. And a few folks are uh, all fired up about this Ducks game tonight. I personally don't expect mm -hmm. any level of um, retribution, if you will, along the lines of uh, the Minnesota Wild uh, tonight. I mean, uh, um, well, as I said, we can talk about this a little bit more as to how the Winnipeg Jets will take this. I know Reem's got to take, but let's just quickly get to last night's game before we move on to... Uh, tonight and some of the discourse. Uh, we'll hear from Bones. This is what Bones had to say after the game. Um, a tidy road win as the Jets keep their winning streak going and uh, move to within striking distance of being the number one team in the National Hockey League. Here's Bones on last night's game. 
love the first period. Uh, they had a couple of shifts near the end that they put a little pressure on us, but mostly that was self-inflicted. We didn't get the puck up when we had the opportunity. But other than that, it was uh, that was that's the first period we wanted to have. We wanted to go at them and set the pace, and we did. Uh, so that was a great first period. Yeah, you give up the first goal. But what do you think the way your group responded after that? Fine. We, I mean, we knew we weren't in any trouble. They got a goal at the end of it. You know, we just killed the penalty. But the penalty killers did a great job. So you just stay in the fight. So uh, the last time we were in here, they got a late power play goal to win the game. And tonight, our power play won the game. And our penalty killers did a great job. So it's good that the special teams won us that game. All right. Yeah. I mean, special teams, big time last night. Um, and we haven't been saying that very much. And we have also said that, man, if the special teams can get going, like, what's the ceiling for this hockey team? Because we know the way they're playing at five on five. Um, it was great, though, to see PP1 finally get one on the board. Here's what Bones had to say about the power play. That's one of the best power players I've seen us have all year. Puck was moving around, and uh, uh, again, yeah, I love that power play tonight. That's again, that is the best it's looked for in a long time, and it's nice that they get rewarded. I was gonna say, what does that do for the confidence when you get a you know, pretty play where you find a seam? Can you take one anyway? You can get it right now. And take it when we can get it, but we had a lot of good opportunities before the puck went in, so we'll take that. Yeah, Bones should be happy about that power play. I think certainly the fans watching the games were last night, and. I mean, they were moving around the puck, the players were moving around Remus, and they were shooting it relentlessly off the stick of Josh Morrissey. And good things happen when you shoot the puck, and that's exactly what happened, and that ended up being the winner. But as we mentioned, the fourth line continues to make an impact night in and night out. They were the ones that got the Jets back in on even footing after falling down one nothing early in the game or in the second period, I guess. Uh, here's what Bones had to say about uh, how they grinded out that first goal from Morgan Barron. You get in these games, listen, we're going to get everyone's A game from here on out. We are. San Jose played really well tonight. They played hard. They didn't give us much. They're fast. Uh, they were hard to play against tonight. So, But that's that's what it's going to be like the rest of the year. We're going to get everyone's A game. you got to find a way to get greasy goals, and that first goal was an example of it. All right, um, so there's Bones. Um, Gabriel Velarde, of course, scored the winning goal. He's been on that power play, and that line has sort of been struggling a little bit. And as we mentioned, there was the swap of the centers with Nemestikov and Shifley. That lasted, I don't know, 25 minutes or so. Um, when the team was down one nothing. it was swapped back. Shifley was with Velarde and was with Ehlers, and, of course, they were all in on that power play goal. Here's what De Velarde had to say about that power play, getting the game-winning goal and how key that is moving forward. Yeah, it's huge. We've had plenty of opportunities that come up big, and we haven't, and we know that. Obviously, we take pride in it, and we haven't been good enough. It's that simple. So uh, it's nice to finally score. We were all super fired up, but... Uh, it's huge tonight. We got to keep it going. We got to get the power play uh, going better. Obviously, it was a good start. And uh, also, that last game, we, we were better too. And uh, it's nice to, to score tonight for sure. Great puck movement before the last pass. What, how do you describe that pass from the line next to you on the back door there? Yeah, I mean, he just gets it to me. I just got to gotta tap it in. But uh, yeah, it's a really nice play by him. And uh, it's a good, big goal for us. Yeah, hey, uh, he was he was in the right spot, and he certainly was ready to put it home, and uh, that ended up being the winner. Um, you know, Valari also, this is a great clip, um, you know, speaking about, you know, the way they were able to come back from being down one nothing against a goalie that had sort of had their number for the better part of four periods so far this season. 
uh, and of course contributions of uh, guys certainly outside of the power play circle um, making a big impact as well. Here's what Gabe had to say about the way they played and came back from being down one zip. I mean, just keep playing. Yeah, obviously we're down, but doesn't doesn't mean much. You just got to keep going and. Uh... We talked about fourth line gets a big goal. We're tied back in it, and then uh, special teams battle. We we win that finally. You know it's it's important. You got to win the special teams uh, battle some nights, and uh, that was the difference tonight. And I think we haven't been winning those those battles. And obviously uh, our depth and, and our five on five play has kind of made up for it. But at the end of the day, when power play or sorry, when the postseason comes around, your your power play and your PK have to be good. And that being said, you, this is your fourth straight win, ten game point streak. What's What's kind of the feeling right now with the group playing this well? It's fun. It's fun to play hockey. It's fun when you win. Obviously, anyone can say that. Um, but uh, we have belief in each other and uh, play for each other. And um, yeah, we got we to keep going. Everyone else is winning the Central, so we got to keep winning. What's it like to be able to share this with your dad this trip? Yeah, it's cool. I'm glad he's here. Um, uh, first, first for me and for him. So it's a cool experience. Um, it's funny, you know, just hanging out with him. I haven't seen him in a while, so just sharing the hotel room and, you know, just getting laughs together is cool. All right, so there's Gabe Velarde. Um, uh, I thought a great little bit of business, um, you know, speaking about where they are, the fun. And Remus, while we were listening to that, you said to me, you know, some of the things that he was saying, you know, if you if you were just listening to it in a vacuum and you didn't know who it was or the voice, um, a lot of the things that we're hearing from the Winnipeg Jets right now are kind of bomber-esque certainly over the last four years of the expectations and how much fun it is to keep doing it and playing at such a high level consistently yeah playing for each other uh being a family a lot of similar stuff from what you hear from the bombers who you know had a run of success here and now here are the jets going for a central division title and have a chance as we said before to top of the league not just the west the league in terms of points and points percentage here on January 5th. So I got to feel good uh, if you're a player for, you know, like Gabe Velarde coming here from LA, you're getting top line minutes. Nikolai Ehlers is feeding you tap-ins. Life's good for him. You know, uh, he also mentioned it. (laughs) It's your boy Bruce uh, just said, you know, I had to laugh. I had to laugh when he thinks about hanging with his dad. (laughs) That kind of sent me. That was funny. Um, And hey, it's a little bit of a different road trip. The dads are on the trip. We saw plenty of them last night on the tube. Um, really interesting and kind of identifying who's who by the jerseys that they're wearing. Um, but I have to admit, my favorite thing about following this dad's trip has been following Connor Hellebuck's dad on Twitter, Remus, who's been doing it. He should join the Jets' social media team. He's uh, been cranking out so much content for folks to sort of follow along with the dads. Yeah, we've learned now that Connor's dad, Chuck Hellebuck, is a superstar on YouTube. He's got 290 followers on his 290,000 followers. Thousand. Followers on his channel dedicated to 3D printing. It's a whole other world I know nothing about. I've checked his out his channel. It's pretty good, but he's you know he's on Twitter. He's got more. He's got fourteen thousand followers on Twitter. Has Chuck Hellebuck. He's showing off the dad suite. Uh, there's the picture of them tweeting out him taking a picture of the ice. He's got who? This is this is his niche. Who 3D printed the shark head? Chuck Hellebuck. <laughs> that was my favorite one. Uh, then he posts, okay, this is them getting on the plane, a little behind the scenes from Chuck Hellebuck, a nice little Air Canada. And he said, I'm exhausted, a long day, and I didn't even play the game. So 1.28 a.m. And that's, you know, Pacific time. That's like 3.30 if you're coming from Winnipeg. That's when he got, got down. 
Nice clock. Check out the two USB slots in this <laughs> clock. It's a nice clock. But here's his channel. Uh, They're not staying at the Motel 6, I'll tell no. you that. Filament Friday. I think that's a part of 3D printing when my nephew is into 3D printing. But I am so here's excited. His channel, Chuck Hellebuck, 291,000 subs. Us. Hey, and uh, you know, I guess it's a little different Filament Friday for uh, for Chuck because uh, he's on the road, so maybe there won't be an episode today. Anyways, check that out if you uh, if you want it. All right, Pagnotta's coming up in a few minutes. Um, there is plenty more discourse, though, as people kind of pay attention or hear a lot of the feedback from the ridiculousness on the Sportsnet panel earlier this week, the, some of the other takes. Um, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, talked about it today on uh, 31 thoughts and um, obviously Elliot I think is about as unbiased and trusted a source in the hockey world right now and uh, quite interested to hear um, you know what he's hearing kind of behind the scenes about everything in the fallout from last weekend here's what Elliot had to say on today's 32 thoughts about just how livid the Jets have been this week I think this I think the Jets were livid about the whole situation I think they were mad that Hartman, who has a long rap sheet, uh, didn't get uh, a, a more of a suspension for it. Now, somebody did point out to me that's usually the kind of thing the NHL doesn't even fine for, but they did in this case, though that won't satisfy the Jets. They, they did point out to me that's more than the NHL usually does in this kind of a situation. But I think what they were really angry about is it was perfetti. This is what I think it was all about. Why the Jets came forward, they made it known, they made it clear, is because it was Perfetti. A player who's battled injuries, a player they didn't think should have to pay any punishment, a young player. Um, and, you know, they felt that because there had already been fights, one in the previous game and one in that game, that Perfetti didn't need to have this happen to him. All right, so there's Elliot um, on, you know... Uh... I guess the source of why the Jets had been so mad and frankly handled this maybe differently than they have in similar situations. Not that there's been many similar situations, but there has been a lot of BS with the Wild over the last few years. And this one sort of feels different. Here's a little bit more from Elliot on uh, the uh, the Jets-Wild situation. And, you know, part of me wonders if there would have been this big a controversy from the Jets' perspective if it wasn't Perfetti. But we'll never know. What I do know is the Jets were really mad that he was the target. And I think on some level, this is the Jets going to the mat and saying, we want to show our players that we have their backs, that this was not right. And look, they, they won two games against Minnesota. They stood up for themselves physically. Like the Jets are, are getting a reputation as a bit of a mean team, which post Bufflin, I think they've kind of had some trouble getting back to. Um, but, you know, I, I, I would not be surprised if deep down some of this was, we're going to show our guy that we're standing mm. up for him. All right. So there's uh, Elliot Friedman and uh, um, from uh, today's 32 Thoughts. You can check the entire thing uh, wherever you get your favorite pods. I know most of you check out Elliot and Jeff Merrick, who do a great job of it. Um it's an interesting perspective of a guy that knows more than just about everybody, Reem. And um, I'm completely here for it. Um, you know, taking a stand, standing up against some of the BS in the game, especially having a young player like Perfetti targeted. I understand why they felt the way they did, um, especially with the history of Ryan Hartman. And 
I don't care if a bunch of people um, that, you know, have platforms in the hockey world say that they're fine with it or they liked it or whatever. Uh, if it's Winnipeg versus everyone, so be it. That's the way it's going to happen when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs when you want to beat everyone to get to the top of the mountain anyways. Yeah, I mean, good good for the Jets for standing up for their guy. I think he's implying what behind the scenes maybe lobbying uh, for a fine or so, you know some kind of discipline. Like, enough, you can't have guys like Ryan Hartman um, you know, hitting players like Cole Perfetti in the face with their stick. Like, what is that? If you want to take them out, um, you know, do it with a legal body check. There's perfectly, you know, there's room to do that in hockey. And it's been crazy to me this week having people go on national TV saying, yeah, like, loving hitting a guy in the face with your stick. It's It's been kind of baffling. And, you know, you know, since the Jets are playing the Ducks tonight, Huss, uh, and last time they played each other, Ryan Strom injured uh, Kyle Connor with a knee. I think it's only fair game that the Jets have to send a message to someone on Anaheim by hitting a player on Anaheim in the face with a stick. And Huss, I looked at the Anaheim roster, and like, do they, should they go for should the Jets target the shortest player, Frank Vigano, five eleven? Should they target the <laughs> lightest player, Troy Terry or Zegras, one eighty five, or the youngest player in? Mason McTavish, because look, the Jets need to send a message that they're not going to get pushed around, and the <laughs> only the way, way it's done now, the only way you could send a message now is to hit a guy in the face, but you have to tell him politely <laughs> that it's intentional and you're going to do it. So I've learned a lot. You know, I thought I knew about hockey, uh, like how the game was played, but clearly I don't, and I've learned a lot this week. So uh, it's I fully, been educational. It's been I learned a lot. I fully expect the Jets to uh, go and. Slash one of the ducks in the face <laughs> with their stick. I know you're. I know you're being very tongue in cheek on mm-hmm. that. Um, and and I am. I am quite interested to see. Um, like, listen, this was a game that we kind of had circled on the calendar after what happened to Kyle Connor in yeah. the first place. But like in most situations, I think people moved on quite quickly, dealt with the situation. Um, I do wonder how, and, and like it's almost magnified now because of everything that's happened with the Wild. I mean, if the Jets go running around like Hartman-esque, um, you know, there'll be a lot of people talking about that as well. I, I'm not sure whether there'll be a fight. Now, Hart, uh, Strom, by the way, is day-to-day. So I'm not even sure that he's for sure in the lineup tonight. And I'll be honest, if I was Strom, considering all of the discourse this week and he's day-to-day, might be a good time to take an extra day before returning to the lineup. Um, But I'm not sure whether there'll be anything that, you know, out of the ordinary tonight with the Winnipeg Jets, or they'll just go down business-like, try and beat the daylights out of these guys on the scoreboard. Um, Certainly from what we've heard from plenty in the hockey world, um, it's all about retribution and uh, anything goes Anyone can be a target, um, as we've learned from the updated code this week in the NHL. Yeah, you have to send a message that they're not gonna not gonna take that. Doesn't matter how, you know, if it was an accident or on purpose. Someone has to pay the price, and it's gonna be rookie Leo Carlson. I think he's the guy, Huss. But you're telling me he, I think he's out of the lineup uh, with with an injury. But uh, so I don't know. I, I I was ready to move on. You know, we talk like well, let's talk about how great the Jets are, but then. Ryan Hartman made all these comments to Michael Russo, which, I mean, that's that's Russo's job. He's got to get a reaction now. And Hartman kind of uh, doubled down and said, uh, 
I mean, he said he made a hard, clean hit on Ehlers after he had had the puck. I mean, a hit that he got, you know, conveniently leaving out that he got suspended for it. So, and as far as as far as, and I've kind of blurred over to Jets, Ducks were kind of all over the place, but and that's my own fault. But uh, I think the Jets. I think look that hit on from Strom. I think it's unfortunate. I don't think it was malicious. Like Ryan Strom, I don't think has he ever hit anyone uh, before. So I think they're just going to try to win the game and get the two points, and they've been able to manage this year without Kyle Connor, without Velarde uh, injured, and they're not running around uh, like morons sticking people in the face. Well, if they do, if they do go for the uh, the Minnesota Wild and Ryan Hartman book um, and uh, and target somebody, Seeds of Wonder has mentioned that Chuck Hellebuck can three D print a new face for whoever the Jets target. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff there. Listen, uh, Russo did talk earlier today on the Merrick show, um, and we've got a little bit of that. We'll be play that before Kenny comes on. We've got lots to talk to Weave about when he joins us, but um, we're going to talk to uh, Dave Pagnotta, get his take on everything, and find out what's going on around the league. Um, just before we do that, uh, big shout-out to our friends at Canadian Club. The uh, Winnipeg Whiskey Festival is coming up. Uh, we're going to have a... A little special offer for some Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners for the Whiskey Fest, which is an unbelievable event of which Canadian Club and Beam Suntory is a big, big part of. Uh, but hey, heading into the weekend, don't forget, you head down to your Manitoba Liquor Marts for all the Canadian Club favorites, original 100% rye and Canadian classic 12-year-old. And there still are limited quantities available of the CC Invitation Series. The Canadian Club 15-year-old Sherry Cask, our signature CC Classic 12-year-old whiskey finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Casks, all the hallmarks of classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of sherry. Pick it up while supplies last on that invitation series and all your Canadian club favorites this weekend at Manitoba Liquor Marts. And remember this weekend and always enjoy responsibly. Um, you know, it's been so nice outside, but I hate to tell you folks, that's coming to an end. We will get some Winnipeg winter coming up in the next week. Are you ready for it? Well, Manitoba Battery will have you ready for it. you got to make sure that you're not calling a buddy for a, a boost on the side of the road because your battery can't hack the Winnipeg winter. Make sure you're ready for what's coming at Manitoba Battery with the best prices in town, period. Beating the heck out of the big box stores when it comes to price while shopping local. And even better than that, the best customer service in the city because Manitoba Battery will deliver that to you for free anywhere inside the perimeter with any purchase over 60 bucks. It's just that easy. Give them a call at 204-783-8787 or order online at manitobabattery.com. And of course, you can also pop by and see Donnie and his great staff at 1026 Logan Avenue. And, uh, just before we bring in our pal Dave Pagnotta, um, new year, new look, new you. Guys, maybe you want to get a new look for uh, 2024. You're going to want to start with the Dome. Head on down to Modern Man Barber Shops. Now with eight locations in Winnipeg, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway or Plessy Road, Modern Man Barber Shops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beer shaping, shaves, color services, and more. You can make an appointment and book your look via modernmanbarber.com at any of the eight Winnipeg locations and give them a follow as well online at, at Instagram, I should say, at Modern Man Barber Shops. All right, let's, uh, let's get out of the market and welcome in Dave Pagnotta from the fourth period. Happy New Year, Dave. What's going on? It's great to have you back on WST. Yeah, thanks for having me, buddy. Happy New Year. It's, uh, listen, things are rolling right now for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, they've been the hottest team in the league for the last couple months. Um, 
But let's face it, I'm not sure anyone really knew that or was paying attention to the Jets outside of uh, Manitoba. But everyone has been this week, not really because they keep on winning night in and night out, but because of all the fallout from the home and home series with the Minnesota Wild last week. Um, uh, what's what's your take on uh, everything that's happened between the Jets and the Wild and uh, and the discourse about retribution and whatnot? Who's fair game? What's good to go? Uh, in the National Hockey League today. I'm sure you've enjoyed much of the discourse because it has it has been heated. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been entertaining. Um, <laughs> I like it. I give me more of it. Let's let's add to the storylines, especially when it's happening in division because um, you know they're going to be meeting up again at some point. So uh, they'll, February they'll be... 20th. <laughs> I, I can tell you that right off the top of my head. <laughs> See, there you go. Already circled on the calendar, ready to go. Um, it just adds to, to, to the entertainment value. Um of, of everything. Hartman says that, you know, it's not what he said, this and the other, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it's just adding to the storyline of everything. And if we can add these little stuff plots in there um, throughout, throughout the season, and maybe this, look, who knows what happens in, on, on Feb 20th. And maybe that kind of ignites some more different kinds of emotions that extends and, and, you know, maybe this grows into a, a stronger type of rivalry and, and whatnot. This could be the making of something good. Um, and, and long-lasting, but I'm all for it. Bring on the added storylines, bring on the little chirping and, and the feistiness that, that can translate both on and off the ice. I'm all about it. You know, um, I mean, listen, pretty much every single person, myself included, thinks Ryan Hartman's a rat. The guy's been fined seven times. He's now <laughs> been suspended three times. Suspended earlier this season for slew-footing a fan of CU. Um, considering the circumstances, what he did to Cole Perfetti, of all people, were you surprised that he just got off with a fine considering the rap sheet that he came into yet another call with George Peros? Uh, you know, I, I'm out of the um, prediction business in terms of <laughs> suspensions and fines and what makes sense and what doesn't, because honestly, I can't figure it out anymore. Um, so I just let Peros and his team just, this is what it is. All right, I'm just going to deal with it because... Uh, some of them were hen scratchers. Some of them were questionable. Um, you know, some things go miss. Some things, whether they're taking into consideration or not, certainly look like they're not. So there's <laughs> there's a variety of different things here. Like like the Zucker uh, three-game suspension. Well, the, the hit that Cousins laid on um, oh, Zucker's teammate, I forgot who it was. You know, that should have been kind of all, all taken into consideration as well. Cousins was engaged with, um Gabranson earlier on Gabranson got the game suspension on it so um I don't know I just when it comes to disciplinary action I just I don't even honestly I barely pay attention to it anymore um because I I couldn't predict what's going to happen one way or another anymore. well I, you know what I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to go there um listen I mean I guess three games for Zucker um okay um but yeah. You know, when we talk about, like, if we're doing our rat, if current NHL rat power poll, Hartman will be up there. Nick Cousins will be up there as well. He's uh, not gaining a lot of fans amongst other NHL teams. And, I mean, this is a pattern that's happened throughout the year. And, listen, we know Paul Maurice very well here in Winnipeg. He's a guy that loves to have his teams play right on the edge, mm -hmm. and often they go over. Um, but Cousins in particular is a guy that's getting a big-time rep around the league. Um, and considering Zucker, I mean, and we're talking, like, Zucker's not in the category of a Cousins or a Hartman, 
right. for him to get three games and nothing to Cousins, I think that was the head scratcher for a lot of people. And certainly, I think from a Coyotes perspective, they have a definite justifiable beef with the way things were handled. Because if you're going to get hit, hit their guy for the retaliation uh, and completely ignore a guy leaving his feet to hit a guy in the head on his knees, um, it again, back to your point. Who the hell knows? Yeah, well, exactly. Like, and and this is what the second time in less than a month that Cousins has been engaged in this. I mentioned the Gabranson thing earlier. Like, when he hit Gabranson into the boards earlier on in, in that game against Columbus, that's what led to Gabranson going off on him later on in the game. And then Gabranson only got one game for what I thought would have been honestly more dangerous than what Jason Zucker did to Cousins the other night. Um, so again, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know where the decision process is and how that's all being taken into account. But you're right with respect to Cousins. And look, maybe Maurice and the staff have the exact definition of where that line is uh, and and what it looks like and how much they can dip their toe right over it. Um, because Cousins got away with now two different instances where he's got nothing and it's resulted in the suspension on the other side. And then if, even if you're taking in the Gabranson one-gamer versus the Zucker three-gamer, again, I thought Gabranson's, what he did jumping Cousins later on in the game was worse than Zucker's hit from behind into the boards on Cousins. So I figured, okay, look, if, if Cousins gets nothing or, or a fine, let's say, one game for Zucker, and then again, I'm wrong. So I just, whatever at this point. Yeah, the uh, the daily. Um, like, I don't know whether they just spin a wheel or what, but it's it's very it's very yeah. hard to uh, hard to figure out. Um, and, you know, one of the things that you are uh, are known for is keeping your ear to the ground around the National Hockey League when it comes to potential player moves. And you guys have been at the fourth period talking a lot about a lot of potential trade targets. Yep. Um, you know, before we focus in on the Jets and some of the players that you know they may or may not be in on. I, how would you um like now we're past the the new year the, the the player freeze and all that we're less than two months I guess out from the trade deadline um how do you see the market right now and you know a lot of times teams wait right till the last minute um are yeah. you getting the sense that there might be some activity earlier um or is this going to be a lot of jockeying amongst teams seeing where they're at in a month or so and and then really getting down to brass tacks when talking to GMs about that may potentially be sellers those teams I'd also throw Washington and Pittsburgh in that mix those are the middle of the pack teams where they're they're fighting for third spot in their division or they're fighting for a wild card position and it could go either way at this point so when we get about a month so a month from now when we get after all-star break and, and those teams will have a better idea as to where they're positioned and how realistically they feel they can be in terms of competing for, for a playoff spot. I think teams like that, like the Caps, like the Penguins, um, that would like to add, they're going to wait to see if, you know, it kind of makes sense for them to, to really do that. Um, some of the other teams in there, you know, yes, they'd like to add. And I think some of these other, like New Jersey, kind of in that mix right now in terms of the middle of the pack, but they feel that they're that there's enough there for them to be legitimate playoff contenders, which is why not only have they been looking at goaltending, but also defense. I think they're one of the teams that have kind of escalated those trade discussions. Now, look, there are teams that would love to get ahead of everybody else and make impact additions sooner than later. 
but we all know everybody likes to work with a deadline. It makes things a little easier. So look, as I said, would, would Jersey love to make an addition? For example, Noah Hannafin, we know there's interest. We know they've had discussions with Calgary. Would they pull a deal off tomorrow if it made sense for them? Absolutely. But this is going to go be a nice little back and forth type of situation between those those two teams, other clubs that are interested in in, in Hannafin. Um, so unless New Jersey is willing to give a little bit extra right now, you're likely to see things kind of, I mean, historically speaking, teams kind of wait closer to that deadline within that that month. But there are some teams that are saying, you know what, let's just you know what or get off the pot. Let's just bite the bullet now, pay the little bit extra, and let's let's build that chemistry together. With, with the new guys. So we'll see kind of how that develops. But there are discussions. The contract talks certainly taking uh, the forefront from the headlines this week with respect to Toronto and Willie Nylander. But there are definitely teams that are trying to get ahead of the eight ball in, in terms of understanding the trade market and seeing if they could pull the trigger on something sooner than later. You know, um, the, the Calgary Flames uh, started this week 15, 16, and 1. Um, and, and listen, when you look at the at the West right now, I mean, there's three teams in the Central, Winnipeg, Colorado, Dallas, and then a big gap. In the Pacific, you've got Vancouver, Vegas, um, L.A., a gap. The Oilers, who are on fire, that I think everyone expects at this point with how much they've moved back, that is going to be, if if they don't get into the top three, certainly a wildcard team, yeah. which means you've got a group of teams, including uh, Nashville, the Kraken, the Coyotes, the Blues, the Flames, and I guess we can say the Wild, although they're in bad, bad shape right now, all competing for that last final playoff spot. I want to ask you about the Calgary Flames because you mentioned Hannafin. We've heard Elias Lindholm's name. We know that the Jets always had an eye on Chris Tanev as well as a bunch of other teams. It's a new general manager. I think the best-case scenario for the Flames would be to get the second wild card and then potentially be out early. Tell us about the situation in Calgary, what the focus is of management right now. How important is the day-to-day wins and losses of getting back into the wild card? Um, because I think we know they are on record. They're not going to let what happened with Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk yeah. happen again. Exactly. And I put Calgary in a selling and buying mode. So they're looking at, the market and and you know yes as i just mentioned haniston discussions with jersey and a few other teams chris tanev's name is out there discussions with other teams um lindholm another guy that's that's drawing a lot of attention they've got other players depth pieces on expiring deals that are also going to be talked about um as you know we get we get closer to the deadline but i think what calgary is is looking to do and and they're not close on lindholm they don't appear to be close on tanev and if it has that that extension in place, he hasn't agreed to it. He wanted to see how the season was going to go eight years at seven and a half mil. He hasn't accepted it. I think he's accepted the fact that it's going to be whenever he gets that deal, it'll be with another team. And actually, as a sidebar, teams know that. They know what Hannafin's price is likely to be, seven and a half million. The, the contract was there with Calgary. He could sign tomorrow if he wants. Not going to, but he could. Everybody knows that Lindholm's looking for nine million plus off year offensively, although all-star, um, but he is another player that everybody knows what the price is. So if you're negotiating to trade these guys, you're not in the, you're not really dealing from a position of strength to max out a return because you've eliminated the 
what if or the the, the the cloud over what these players may want on extension. So for teams that are like, well, we'd like to bring him in and maybe we'd like to know what he wants and lure him here long term, you already know what those numbers are. So like Calgary effectively is in a position where, like you said, they don't want to have a repeat of history. They can move those guys out, collect some strong assets, and then potentially pool those together to bring in long-term fixes. I think that's what Calgary would love to do. I think in a perfect world, they move out those guys that they know aren't going to stay here. You add some first-round pick or top prospects, you package that up, and you bring guys that are either younger and controllable or guys that have term that fit their mold because they're not going to rebuild. This is a retool or a rephasing of the Flames. So I definitely see them being in a position to both sell and buy over the next two months. You know what? It's hilarious listening to you hear that because that is so much, it is so similar to what we heard about the Winnipeg Jets last season. Yeah. And listen, there's a lot of similarities between these two markets. I mean, uh, you know, not usually big players when it comes to free agency, although the Flames more so than the Jets. I mean, they did sign Kadri um, when he didn't have many other options. Um, but, you know, looking for players on term, like not looking to bottom out and quote-unquote tank or blow it up, yeah. um, but move these assets in and have some players that have some term, you know, much like, you know, Chevy did last year getting Niederreiter who come in, who's been such a great fit, and then extending him mm-hmm. into the next season uh, season with it. Um, as far as the Jets go, I mean, they're in Anaheim tonight. Uh, if they continue this role and beat the Ducks, they will wake up tomorrow as the number one team in the National Hockey League. I mean, we've gone from thinking, oh, the Jets could be a playoff team to this team has proven night in and night out that it is a legitimate contender that can play with anybody in the league. At the beginning of the season, the narrative around the club, Dave, was we looked at that forwards are really deep. You've got arguably the best goaltending tandem in the National Hockey League, but the blue line was a real area of concern. And, you know, partly because of how well the players have bought into Rick Bonus's defensive system, um, the defense has been really solid all year long. I still think that, you know, adding a big fish, a guy on the right side in the top four would be um, would be something that they would consider and like to do. I'm not sure, though, that the bigger need or the bigger want might be a top six center to come in and play with the Winnipeg Jets. What are you hearing about what the wants are? And I know you mentioned a few players we sort of touched on specifically from Calgary that you've heard the Jets have had interest in. Yeah, and you mentioned Tanev um, as, a, as a potential target for for Winnipeg, and yeah, they've checked in. Um I, I mentioned him earlier. We talked about him. I was waiting for this part. Uh, look, Elias Lindholm is going to be a guy that is going to draw a lot of interest, has already. And my understanding is he's on Winnipeg's radar. Um, final year of his contract. We, we know the number already in terms of long term. So that's going to be part of the, the plot. He's not re-signing here. Like, I think the Jets are at a position where they could justifiably say, this is a rental for us. Yep. Um, but he makes us... He gives puts us in a position that we believe we've got a roster that can win a Stanley Cup. And to be honest, with McGrory coming up and Brad Lambert in the minors, I mean, they will have some young players on ELCs coming in to supplement the rest. So, I mean, I kind of agree. That's completely on the table. The asking prices, um, you know, is going to be a big issue, though. Um, but, I mean, Lindholm, as a player with what he's done, his two-way game, it kind of seems like it would be a beautiful fit with Winnipeg. Without question, you're you're getting a one-two punch of Shifley and 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 him 
um, going into the postseason, especially going up against, you know, in that division, presumably Colorado or Dallas, either in the first round or, or, or afterwards, um, in the second, maybe both. Um, if you can stabilize that center position even further, I think I think you're bang on. I think that's exactly what they would like to do. And Lindholm is going to be one of their targets. Um, certainly, it's going to cost. And, and we know that typically, you know, Chevy doesn't want to cough up too much in, in, with respect to the rental market. But given this team's window and the belief internally, and, and of course, as you mentioned, with some of the guys coming up later on, that this might be a perfect opportunity to pounce this season and chase that Stanley Cup championship. And if you can add in, you have to, obviously you have to figure out if the juice is worth the squeeze, right? So if you can go out there and you pay a, a, a premium, but if the opportunity cost of chasing a Stanley Cup is there, then you 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 almost kind of have to take that shot uh, because you just, you sit back every season, you, you're just going to, it's going to be the same old kind of story. But if you can reinforce your roster, and may, it's going to cost a first-round pick and a top prospect or, or equivalent asset at least to get Elias Lindholm on your team, whether it's Winnipeg or somewhere else. You've got to decide if that is worth the chase for a cup this season. And I think adding him, his two-way ability, one-two punch up the middle with with Scheif, that could make this team that much more dangerous. He will be on their radar as we get closer to the deadline. Uh, by the way, 2-1 right now, USA in uh, the second period of this World Junior Hockey Championship. And uh, part of the reason I bring that up, not you know, people are obviously interested in it. We mentioned Rigordi. Elias mm-hmm. Salmonson on the uh, the Swedish blue line, right-handed D, looks to be very much ready or knocking on the door to the NHL. And, you know, it is a unique opportunity for the Jets that, you know, didn't do anything dumb last year. You know, made their pick with Colby Barlow. They've got some nice top prospects. They've got their picks this year and into the future. They've got the extra second rounder from Montreal in the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. Um, Chevy certainly does have some bullets in his gun. It'll be very interesting to see when it might be uh, when it might be fired. Um, before we go, I fill people in on uh, what you and uh, DB and the fellas have cooking up at the fourth period right now as we get into uh, closer to the All Star break. And yep. then, of course, the busiest time of year for uh, you all insiders, the uh, the deadline. Yeah, the next two months, they are, they're going to fly by pretty quickly, but um, they're, they're going to be fun, certainly. We've got our trade watch list now up on the fourth period. Um, looking at right now the first 25 names that are in play going into the deadline. We'll add to that, certainly, as the weeks progress. And, and um, any of the teams that we hear or, or reportedly interested in these players, we kind of add to that. So that list is up now. We'll kind of focus on that as, as we go. We'll bring back a lot of our different type of content and coverage, video coverage uh, from a, a number of different um, uh, All-Star Weekend and the playoff chases and all that stuff. So we'll be kind of adding that to the mix as well. And um, just keeping tabs on everything, you know, kind of around the league. We've got that. We've got, of course, uh, the hot stove, Dennis Bernstein, myself, and Ryan Payton on uh, Sirius XM NHL Network Radio on Saturdays. So, like I said, the next two months, they're going to go by quick, and uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot to take in, I think, for all of us. Well, I always love jumping on with you guys on Saturday mornings, and I think I did, you know, maybe three weeks ago or yeah, so. But ago, um, yeah. Jets should be back up at the top of that list. Who knows? You might be doing a show tomorrow. Yeah. That has the Jets as the number one team in the league. We'll see what happens tonight, but uh, Def- we'll definitely, definitely look forward to chopping it up. You got my number, Dave. Uh, yeah. Hey, have a great one. Uh, say hi to the fellas. Have a great show tomorrow on uh, Sirius XM NHL Radio, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up soon. Thanks for doing this.
Absolutely, buddy. Thank you. Good stuff. There is Dave Pagnotta. Give him a follow. And, of course, you should be checking out all the work that he and the fellas have coming up at the fourthperiod.com. All right. Kenny Weeb's going to join us from Anaheim in just a couple of minutes. Um, let me give a, a big shout out to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. Hey, new year, new you, folks. If you're looking to uh, live a little healthier in 2024, Vita Health is a great spot to uh, start for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. And of course, Winnipeg's largest selection of local products, too. When you're thinking about supplements to help you be at your best in your peak, Check out Prairie Naturals, Canada's number one line of men's health supplements available at all six Vita Healths, as well as online at myvita.ca. Helping males address the challenges with prostate health, andropause, low libido, testosterone, stress, male energy and performance. Uh, and you'll pick them up at Vita Health, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Six of them in Winnipeg, as I mentioned, and online at myvita.ca. Uh, our friends at Wallace & Wallace, Wish all of you a happy new year. They've been, uh, well, at another year to being the leaders in fencing and overhead doors since 1946. And, of course, we've seen their fences and trucks all over the city. Uh, but they're also the leader in overhead garage doors. And uh, we talked about that deep freeze that is just around the corner. That is going to put a lot of stress on your garage door because winter is the toughest time to keep it going and maintaining it. Um, but the right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Give Wallace & Wallace a call to book your inspection and maintenance service call today. For a residential and commercial overhead door sales and service, there's only one name or two you need to know, and that is Wallace & Wallace. And, hey, speaking of looking good, um, the gang at F Apparel had a crazy end to 2023 with their massive Boxing Day sale. Uh, but moving into 2024, guys, if you're looking into your closet and realize that you need to up your menswear game, there's only one place to start, and that is 190 Smith Street downtown at F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, made to fit. And you'll look great along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles and the biggest and best selection of menswear accessories in the city. And, hey, if uh, you're in a wedding or having a wedding at some point in 2024, make sure to talk to Andrew, Alex, and the great staff there about a 15% discount when you and the fellas in the wedding party get your suits at F Apparel. Again, 190 Smith Street. Check them out online and make an appointment at F. That's ephapparel.com. Uh, All right, Kenny's going to join us in a couple minutes. I know this is going to come up. Um, so Michael Russo, as many of you have seen, had an, uh, uh, an interesting interview with uh, Ryan Hartman today uh, amongst the highlights, talking about taking Nealer, Nikolai Ehlers out with a, quote, clean check, one that he, of course, did get suspended for. Uh, we've got a couple clips um, from Russo's appearance on Merrick earlier today. Um, we'll just start with the first one. Here's, a, here's Russo on the process of interviewing Ryan Hartman. After Perfetti said that Brian Hartman admitted it, you know, the next job there is to finally get somebody in front of Hartman to talk to him. And, um, you know, Hartman was not available until last night. I requested him, and that was his response. Uh, you know, I, you know, the first question I, I, I wanted to know was, you know, did you say that? And, and that's where he came out with the, the quote that, uh, that um, he said, he claims to have said that I'm not, uh, you know what was it? I'm I'm not uh, I'm not going to say it wasn't on purpose. Uh, the wild uh, PR guy Aaron Sisson was right next to him during the interview. The Jets sent the video of this 
clip to the Wild asking permission if they could use it. Uh, both the Wild and the NHLPA said no. But Aaron Sickman said that's exactly what Ryan Hartman said, at least on the clip that the Jets sent. Now, I don't know if there's other video throughout the game that, uh, right. you know, that basically, uh, you know, there's other things said. Who knows with, with Ryan, but, but that at least is what um, has been confirmed to me that was said. All right, so there's uh, there's Russo on uh, the conversation with Hartman. By the way, Rucker McGordy just blew up one of the Swedes in that game, World Junior game. It's still 3-1 right now. Well, I guess they're discussing the uh, IIHF officials if he hit the guy too hard. Um, so uh, they're having a little conversation. You know, we'll keep you up to date on that. Um, here's a little bit more on Russo. And I mean, listen, this all stems from um, the um, anger within the wild that uh, Kaprasov's out of the lineup. Here's what uh, he had to say about that. This is a, this is a, a heated rivalry. Um, obviously, uh, you know, there's when you're a Minnesota Wild fan, a Minnesota Wild player, and a Minnesota, Minnesota Wild staffer, you're not going to be happy when, uh, you know, Kaprizov is knocked out of your lineup again. And then you add the further stress of the fact that everybody's heard that this team had won 11 of 14 under Giants. John, now they're... They've yeah. lost four in a row, and they've just got a laundry list of injuries. But they, they still are, you know, feel, and this has been a longstanding narrative here in Minnesota, is that this league does not protect stars like Kaprizov or Kaprizov specifically. This is not just the first time. It's not just a Winnipeg uh, situation. They feel that he doesn't get the respect from the officials. I don't think this was a um, suspendable act. I don't even think it's necessarily a fine um, but it should have been a two-minute minor. But regardless, um, you know, mm-hmm. if it's a two-minute minor, it, it, you know, Kaprizov is still out with the broken ribs right now. So, you know, who knows uh, where this goes. But obviously, as you've been tweeting the last couple of days, February 20th is going to be must-see TV. Uh, that is for sure. And you know, it was funny. I was out watching the game last night. And um, shout-out to, uh, to Scott and Hugh and some of the guys that came by. And they said... You know, they were listening to the show yesterday and they did not wait. They went and got tickets for that February 20th game against the Wild. And there's a great homestand beginning on Tuesday, which we'll get to um, shortly. Um, but yes, I do believe sales are brisk right now for February 20th. So WSTers, if you want to be in the building for that one, the next matchup between Minnesota and Winnipeg, I would suggest you get your tickets sooner as opposed to later. Here's one more from Russo. Uh, and again, we'll chop this up with Kenny um, in in a minute when he joins us. Here's uh, Russo on the Jets' wild rivalry. It's, it's nasty on the ice. It's become nasty off the ice with the fan bases. Um, you know, frankly, with, with a couple of the beat writers, um, you know, and obviously on the ice. I mean, you know, I, 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 there have been yeah. so many incidents uh, you know, Dustin Bufflin, body slamming, Michael Granlund, uh, Zach Bogosian, yep. concussing, Pierre Mark Bouchard, um, Marcus Foligno's Superman punch on Brendan Dillon, Foligno winding up on the bench in, against Winnipeg and with uh, Lowry, uh, Foligno kneeing Lowry in the head. I mean, there's just been, I mean, it's, it's every game it's something. Um, and the last couple is obviously have led to, you know, the Hartman incident with uh, Nikolai Ehlers and then obviously the two Capri yep. stop incidents. So, it's definitely the, let's put it this way, the fire's not going out anytime soon. Um, you know, we'll see what happens February 20th, yeah. especially if the Wild continue to lose and where they are in the standings. Uh, who knows? 
Yeah, well, uh, the Wild, who uh, you know had hopes of climbing to within four points of the Winnipeg Jets last weekend, are 16 back of Winnipeg as we go into action tonight. And, uh, of course, the Jets playing another game tonight can actually make that 18 um, and be ahead of every other thir- one of the 31 teams in the NHL if they, if they can get that win. And I'm sure that um, that will be the case. Um, Remo, you mentioned that article. And, you know, we're going to talk about a bunch of the angles and layers of this coming up with Ken in just a second. Um, but um, it, was, it wasn't quite the level of his tweet yesterday. Um, but I had to chuckle, as I'm sure most Jet fans did, as the description of the uh, hit on Ehlers as a clean hit, one that most people didn't agree with, and certainly NHL player safety didn't. Yeah, a couple things came out uh, from that article. I don't want to read the whole thing because you know it's under paywall uh, at The Athletic, but uh, the first thing Russo said was about the quote Perfetti saying, you know, he told him he was going to do it. Uh, Hartman responds, so I didn't tell him, hey, I did that on purpose. He kept coming up to me, uh, and I finally said, I'm not going to say it wasn't on purpose. That was the extent of it. And about the Ehlers suspension. Oh, yeah, here was the comment about that play. I'm trying to be better on draws, he said, of the faceoff where his stick struck Perfetti. The kid comes in with his head really low, and I'm trying to be hard on the puck and hard on him. You can take that any way you want. And I do wonder if you know, he was picking on... Uh, Perfetti, and if he would have done the same thing to Nemestikov, who had just been thrown out of the draw uh, right before that. He talked about the Ehlers suspension. On my Ehlers suspension, Ehlers runs Kirill behind the net. Um, runs, doing a lot of work there. Uh, so I make a hard, clean hit on Ehlers after I have the puck. And obviously with this play, how it happened, I'm not sorry he got hit in the face. It happens on faceoffs. Okay, so he's going back to the Perfetti. Uh, as far as as what I said, that I'm not going to say it wasn't on purpose. If I can say something to get them fired up and get them to retaliate, I'm not going to apologize to the kid or say it was an accident. I'm going to try to fire them up. So uh, Hartman playing the heel uh, here in the article with Michael Russo. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's all there for you at The Athletic. Um, if you're so inclined. Um Look at this backdrop. Let's get Kenny in here. Uh, Weaves World has just finished up practicing on the putting green <laughs> and has put the put the putter down for a few minutes to join us from beautiful Anaheim, California. Weaver, what's what's up? Yes, good afternoon, uh, Andrew. Just uh, landed in Irvine here, and uh, I don't have a putter with me, so it, it's uh, fake news, actually. But uh, I thought I would do the best that I could with the backdrop here, so... Uh, I was laughing. I was looking for a place to do the uh, to do the hit, and I'm like, "Oh, putting green, how fitting!" Uh, let let's let's make our way over here. So, yeah, easy easy breezy travel day. Got over and uh, ready to head over to the rink uh, in a couple hours. But uh, been a busy it's been a busy few days, uh, as you know. Uh, just out here trying to do our best. You know what? You are a favorite of many because you are. Friends to all, you're somewhat of the the Switzerland of the media. Um, how uh, what's this week been like for you? Because there's been a lot of discourse between the teams, between the PR staffs. Uh, people around the league are now finally paying attention to the Winnipeg Jets, not because yeah. they might be the best team in the league, uh, but because of everything coming out of last weekend, and uh, even some of your friends in the media going at it. This has been something else. <laughs> Yes, Huss, uh, I've been spending a lot of time on the telephone uh, the last few days. Uh, 
doing my best to mend a few fences here and there. But uh, yes, it's been <laughs> there have been some uh, some verbal haymakers thrown on a lot of fronts. Uh, we know that that's the case. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like I said last night. I mean, the, the, we're joking about a lot of things, but uh, the one thing that I think that we need to really try to get a hold of and grasp of perspective is the uh, the individual and personalized attacks here that uh, I'm not down with that um, you can disagree uh, with your friends takes but uh, I don't like the calling into question of people the way they do their job uh, what kind of character they have what kind of people they are that that that's not for me Huss I mean I'm all for spirited debate and uh, I understand we live in a hot take society and uh, you know that's the way that it goes but Let's just remember, uh, you know, one person's opinion at on one subject uh, shouldn't necessarily uh, define how we feel about one person or whether or not we should be associating with that person. So um, that's I don't I'm not trying to stand on a soapbox here either, Hus. I'm just saying that um, we're not that far removed from a, a time where a month ago there were a lot of. Uh, there were a lot of people slinging mud at Winnipeg journalists, and I didn't like that either. But I don't know that slinging mud back at uh, either colleagues or friends or uh, people who cover other teams uh, because you don't enjoy their opinion. I, I, I'm not. I'm not here for that. So, anyways, that's 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 my soapbox area. Uh, you know, I, I like many read the Hartman uh, piece. Uh, you know, again. Micah said it publicly. I spoke with him yesterday on the phone and, you know, those, you know, most of that conversation will stay between us, but um, he does present the wild side of the story, um, you know, and that's, that's his job. He covers the wild. So his job is to tell that side of the story. Uh, do I think that Ryan Hartman is telling the truth? Uh, of course not. And I think that uh, this is a clear example of victim shaming. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Us. I mean, there's, Cole Perfetti was an innocent bystander, and um, it, Ryan Hartman sounds like a guy who is in this situation. Huss, I don't know him at all. I don't think I've interviewed him in the you know in the, my 13 years covering the NHL. Um, but but this is what I know. What I know is that usually he sounds like a person in an abusive relationship who's trying to make himself feel better about what's transpired. And I, again, I'm not making light of abusive relationships, but this is basically how he's acting. And then trying to turn the focus on the victim by saying, oh, hey, man, you shouldn't leave what's said on the ice on the ice. Are you kidding me? And the part about the face off, like, come on, Huss, like this is this is next level stuff here. The puck was not in the vicinity when Ryan Hart, Ryan Hartman was not trying to win that face off. The puck was nowhere near him when the time he swung his stick at Cole Perfetti. I don't care how low he got trying to win the draw. <laughs> There was only one thing on his mind. And my biggest issue for this, Huss, is that Ryan Hartman is hiding. He knows his he's happy to share his thoughts and opinions because they can't be verified. It's already been, you know, ruled that the tape can't be released. So of course he's gonna share his opinion and say that Perfetti baited him and hey. I get it. Often that the the truth is sometimes somewhere in the middle, but like let, let's look at let's look at the film here. Um, Cole Perfetti doesn't exactly have a reputation as someone who's trying to, uh, you know, make himself look better. After oh checks notes, getting stuck in the face for stitches. Like come on now, 
What are we even talking about? This is serious wake up territory. It, it listen. There's been so many wake up moments, and and you know what? I'll preface this by saying, I mean, I think we'd all agree that um, you know Michael Russo's had an incredible career covering the National Hockey League. He's been one of the more respected. Uh, writers covering the league. He's obviously focused in on the wild, but talks about, you know, the entire National Hockey League there. And I think what was so wild about, I mean, not even like whatever about this article, about the tweets that he drew out yesterday um, that a lot of people had some fun with um, was that it is such a far cry from what he had said earlier. I mean, in talking to Kaprizov, like him talking with the Jets, targeting him twice, for the exact same thing that he had said before and asked Kaprizov about it, said, hey, no hard feelings. That was just an awkward fall. It wasn't targeting. And how that sort of as this, as more nonsense has continued on, that narrative has changed from that. But let me ask you, because you and Rennie are going to do a pop-up today with three of the most unpopular people amongst the Winnipeg fan base. Um First of all, what time is it? Because Rennie has tweeted out and said he had no idea uh, what time the thing was last night on the show. So can you clarify that? And then are you all, are you guys going to be coming locked and loaded or is this going to be a mediation session um, to, 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 to calm the waters amongst uh, all parties involved, including your chat? Yeah, Huss, it's, it's not an intervention. And, uh, you know, Sean and I have spoken at length uh, this today but he's got a three-legged trip home and uh, i'm not i apologize to say that i'm pretty sure 5 30 but i don't actually have the clarification here i wanted to have that nailed down uh but uh i had a, a friendly flight attendant give me the uh, the look that it was time to turn my phone off uh during the last <laughs> conversation and us after i landed uh it went straight to voicemail of sean's here so i believe he is in the air so uh, we'll do our best to get the clarification uh, on the old uh, X machine here. But, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of how it's going to go today, uh, I think that we have some people who would like to maybe clarify a few things or provide a little bit of context. So, um, you know, our, we have a platform that can help in that case. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I understand it has the potential to, uh, let's just say that the temperature could be uh, rising a little bit here. But uh, we're going to do our best to, to have a, you know, uh, a spirited but healthy debate and uh, hopefully that healthiness uh, doesn't include a lot of personal attacks on people who uh, who will be uh, on the screen there but again I, I'm not telling people how they should feel but uh, I am asking them for a little bit of politeness uh, in an area um, decorum we need deco- some decorum sure. in these chats I mean, right now so we, we like to pride ourselves, and I know you do the same, uh, as providing a safe space. So I, I, if you're mad at something or somebody or some some tweet, I, I understand that. I'm not telling you not to be passionate. I'm not telling you not to, to be upset about something you don't agree with. I'm just asking you to not have a personal attack or a uh, thing of that nature. But anyways, it, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's to me, it's quite sad, Hus, that we're talking about something that was... I'm not going to call it a nothing burger because I understand Kaprizov was hurt and Kaprizov is, you know, an excellent hockey player and the game is better when Kaprizov is playing. Um, but I think that the, the narrative has gotten skewed here a little bit and um, I, I, and we should be talking about the run that the Jets are on and the, the team, like David Quinn telling Shang Peng yesterday that he sees the Jets as a legitimate Stanley Cup contender and, um, I'm here to tell you that we understand that there are times when coaches 
want to prop up their opponent. Um, you know, John Cooper has done this over the years at times on a big stage. But John Cooper the other day was complimentary to the Jets because he believes it. David Quinn has no reason to be praising the Jets. They play one more time this year. They are not rivals. Um, he's not blowing smoke for the Winnipeg Jets. He was asked a question about them and volunteered that he thinks they will be competing for the Stanley Cup and praised basically every element of their hockey team. Now, of course, the Jets still have things to improve on uh, as they hit game 38, but um, I think we're, I don't think that's right that we're getting into this he said, he said, um, you know, choose a side, the other side is, you know, it's like, in some ways it's, it's been a little bit like American politics right now. You're either a Republican or you're a Democrat and you don't listen to the other side, you have your opinion. And the rest of it is just too much fake news coming out of the Twin Cities. (laughs) The rest of it is an echo chamber uh, yelling and and things of that nature. But uh, I mean, the last thing I want to say about this is uh, I can't understand how the Jets could not be perceived as not answering the bell. Brendan Dillon fought Jacob Middleton immediately. He is the biggest guy they have on the ice, Uh, you know. Marcus Foligno is a good fighter. Nobody fought Marcus Foligno, but Huss, I don't recall Marcus Foligno asking anybody to fight in that two-game set. Uh, Pat Maroon, Adam Lowry said, come on down. I'm happy to go. It's not a good trade for the Jets. I love what Patrick Maroon has done in his career as a winner, but right now there is no scenario, Huss, where you can tell me that Adam Lowry is not more valuable to his team on the ice than Pat Maroon is. So... In a lot of ways, Adam is in the situation and has the stature to say, Pat, thanks, but no thanks. But he didn't do that because he was honoring the code that's been under attack here. Uh, I see. No, I know you've been talking about this us this week. I don't find the page in the code that says, go find the smallest player on the ice and hit him in the face with his stick to teach him a lesson. No, sorry. That's not the case. Listen, it, it's garbage. And, and that, again, that was a take of one of the other guys that'll be on Jamal Mayers who um, got a lot of people fired up. And yes, we're waiting for the updated version of the code. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but it seems like we're, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're going backwards a little bit with some of these conversations. Available in ebooks, Huss. It's going to yeah. be available in ebooks only. <laughs> it's good because it doesn't seem like there's a hard copy anywhere that we've been able to get our hands on. That's for sure. Ken Weave is with us. Weaver, just while we're on the topic of retribution, um, the Jets are in Anaheim tonight. And, and, and listen, I have to admit, my opinion is that the Wild have overreacted to this and some hockey plays that happen all the time and with an unfortunate circumstance, and it has brought us to here. Um, The Wild aren't involved tonight. We've heard all sorts of takes on what you have to do when a star player is taken out. Well, the Jets just happen to be playing the Anaheim Ducks, and Kyle Connor is not with the team right now because he's recovering on a six- to eight-week timeline because of a knee from Ryan Strom that certainly a lot of people didn't like. Um, what do you expect tonight? I mean, are the Jets going to be all business as they normally are, or are we uh, are we entering a new, uh, a new phase um, right. for this team um, coming out of what's happened with Minnesota and uh, things, could get, uh, things could get silly? I, I'll be honest. I don't expect much to go on tonight, um, but what do you think? 
Yeah, Huss, I mean, we did talk last week. We wondered if Ryan Hartman would have a target on him before this incident even happened, leading back to the Yaler's hit, which I, I'm still having a little bit of trouble with the justification from Hartman as to why that that occurred. But, hey, that's just me. Um, first and foremost, Ryan Strom is a game-time decision. Coming back from injury, he was involved, uh, from what I understand and gather from the Twitter machine, that he was part of an optional skate uh, with the Anaheim Ducks this morning and will be a game-time decision. Uh, do I think he has to answer for what happened? Uh, I would not be surprised if the Jets try to... find If they find him with his head down somewhere, he's going to be hit. Do I think someone's going to challenge him to a fight on the first shift? I'm skeptical because they didn't do that with Hartman, so why would they all of a sudden do it with Strom? Uh, obviously, they didn't like the hit, and... I mean, if we're if we're looking at if we're looking at actions and consequences, uh, sticking out your knee the way Ryan Strom did to me is way different than a a push on the ribs or a cross, let's call it a cross check, but a cross check with a very limited wind up from Brendan Dillon to the ribs of Kirill Kaprizov. I don't think that the scales of justice are anywhere close to even in terms of that incident either. The only similarity is that. Both players are injured, one of whom is on a week-to-week basis, and the other one is six to eight weeks. And uh, Huss, just a you know quick aside before I steer back onto the onto the onto the freeway, um, Kyle Connor was skating again. His timeline has not changed. Uh, he continues to progress, and he looks uh, he's looking better and better. I I don't uh, you know again I'm I'm not here to say it'll be closer to three weeks than five, but I don't know that it'll necessarily be the full eight week time span based on what we've seen so far. Obviously, you have to introduce contact and and conditioning and all those things, but Kyle Connor looks like a man on a mission to return prior to the end of the, you know, extended version of the timeline. Uh, back to Strom, I mean, I, I don't, you know, the, the Jets aren't going to, you know, they're not, you know, they're not calling to the bullpen for somebody to goon it up with Ryan Strom. Uh, might someone want to drop the gloves at them? Sure. I just don't see that as a top priority, Huss. Do they, the maybe, Jets- maybe, maybe you know, as we know how things work now, maybe they go for somebody else. I, you know what? Ask yeah, Mayers I mean, today. I, you guys are going to have like three hours before the game. Ask Mayers whether they should go for the youngest right. guy, the lightest guy, maybe the right. smallest guy, and uh, how they go about it, whether a stick to the face is appropriate or <laughs> maybe some other uh, other means of retribution. And obviously I'm saying that very tongue-in-cheek. I, I, I know you are. I know you are. But, yeah, I mean, I, do I – there's not really a lot of heat us between these two teams the way there is with the wild where the expectation is the temperature is going to be high and the intensity levels will be high and the hitting will be hard. Um, you know, the ducks are kind of in a weird spot. They, uh, you know, played really well the other day. Dostal was out of his mind, you know, 55 saves uh, in the overtime loss. Yeah. It's going to be Gibson today, John Gibson, who, you know, uh, you know, depending on you know, he's been reported as being one of the one of the guys on the goalie carousel that could be on the move. Um, you know, he's a guy who's got great talent, and you, know, you better be sharp if you're the Jets. So, I don't see them chasing around Ryan Strom and getting distracted from what they're doing on a nightly basis, uh, because quite frankly, all they do is take a number and they'll deal with things as they see fit. And so far, they haven't really been looking to exact a lot of revenge outside of making the opposition pay on the scoreboard uh, of late. And, you know, that's not to say they haven't answered the bell because they have, 
Uh, I just don't anticipate this game kind of going off the rails, um, you know, because of what happened on December 10th. But I, I'm, I'm with sometimes you it's the surprising things that happen to us, right? I mean, uh, maybe someone feels strongly about this that I that they haven't necessarily voiced that opinion because let's face it, Hus, if you do feel strongly and you voice the opinion. There's not going to be any, uh, you know, it's not going to be like Ryan Hartman where the audio is not available to be sent to the judge and jury. So, I don't know. Like I said, I expect a normal hockey game. Uh, I expect the Jets, you know, they didn't play their best game against the Sharks, but they also found a way to battle in a game where they looked like they might get goalied by Mackenzie Blackwood. And on a night where their top power play unit found the back of the net for the first time since December 2nd on the power play. So for me, the Jets have other priorities than to, you know, be looking for somebody to inflict pain upon. Yeah, you know what the priority is going to be? Like, to me, the priority is going to be go in, get two points, and then hit the golf courses with your dads the next day as the number one team in the National Hockey League. And that is what's on the table right now for Winnipeg. You know, you mentioned the power play, Ken. And I joked, I joked last week that, you know, they're just keeping the power play cool so that Winnipeggers at least have one thing to complain about because everything else is going so well for the Jets right now. Um, but in all seriousness, um, I mean, I thought that was a huge goal. Obviously a huge goal just in the game. I mean, it ended up being the game winner. Um, but Rick Bonus said it. I mean, you talked to him after the game. That was as good of a looking power play yeah. from that first unit in a long, long time. Um, and man, Josh Morrissey was shooting the puck relentlessly, and they were not waiting to do it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it opened up enough room for a beautiful pass from Ehlers to Velarde. Um, quick thoughts on the power play, as well as how the top line looked after putting Shifley back with the Velarde and Ehlers. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the power play, movement was way better, Huston, like you said, I, or like you intimated, more of a shooting mentality, and I think that was important. Uh, the motion was there, I thought, as well, but um, when you get shots from shot lanes, whether it's Ehlers or Morrissey or whoever, that opens up the passing lane that you saw open up that we hadn't seen in quite some time uh, from Ehlers to Velarde. Uh, you know, really pretty pass, an important play, um, you know, all of the Jets after the game, Brendan Dillon and Gabriel Velarde both, and Rick Bonus. Like, there have been enough times where Rick stood at the podium or players stood at a backdrop and said, special teams let us down, we have to be better. Well, guess what? Well, they were better, and this time it was a reversal of fortune. They didn't give up the late power play goal to the Sharks. They scored one when they needed one, then got some late kills, and, you know, did the job, you know, well shorthanded, even though, yes, they gave up a couple of looks that, you know, we're, we're pretty prime uh, shooting area looks that they didn't really want, but their goalie stood tall and made it happen. So uh, in terms of the, how the line looked, I mean, us, you and I have talked about this. I, I personally have lots of time for the Jets learning what they have with Mark Shifley and Cole Perfetti on a line, uh, but I also have plenty of time when it's on a night where it was clearly not working that they gave the flip-flop back. Uh, did they flip-flop? after, you know, let's say it was two and a half periods and find the fountain of youth that was the five games prior to the holiday break? No, they did not. But I thought that they were more dangerous um, together uh, than they were apart. So that's important for all of the parties. And and us, even too, I mean, we praised Mark Schleifer for his two-way play, and rightfully so. But 
when a star player who was at a point of game pace goes four points without a point or four games without a point, him getting a point on the power play that runs through him was important. And I think that will translate to five on five success and maybe allow those guys to get a little bit more spring in their step. Uh, but I liked, I liked their overall game. Uh, I think Nikolai Ehlers has another gear. I think he's going to find that gear as he continues to move along here. Uh, I love the way that Gabriel Velarde is playing. Um, and again, Gabriel Velarde, first to point out that, you know, winning is fun. Hockey's fun when you have a, you know, 12, one and two stretch. But guess what? You're not exactly separating yourself from the pack in the central division, even though they've gone in this incredible heater. Us. And, I mean, to me, we've been talking about this every every week for uh, two months since the Vegas loss in Vegas. Um, let's get real. Three or fewer, and only seven of those 27 are three. That means 20 are two or fewer. 20 out of 27, two or fewer. I believe it's two with one and one with zero. So, like, this is a ridiculous stretch, and we're not talking about a bunch of, like, pop-gun offense teams that they played during that span of time. Uh, They're playing against teams that are routinely racking up plenty of goals, including the Avalanche, including plenty of other teams. And, I mean, I saw the tweets yesterday, Huss. The Florida Panthers aren't getting enough credit. They might be the best team in the NHL right now. Well, again, check the notes. How'd the Jets do against Florida this year? 2-0. Right. So, again, I think Florida is one of the best teams in the NHL. But if we're talking about Florida being one of the best, why is no one talking about Winnipeg being one of the best except for David Quinn? So, I'll tell you why. Because no one's been paying attention to what's happening here in Winnipeg. And the only reason that this week everyone's been talking about the Wild is because of all the BS coming out of the home-at-home series. And then... The Mike Gate and everything around it. I will say this, however, Ken. Um, if anything, I think some more people. And like, it doesn't matter. I was saying before. I mean, if it's going to be Winnipeg versus everyone, that's the way it is. Come playoff time, anyway. So maybe the we t-shirt can, machine. Maybe we, we can to... just we can just get get used to it and get on with it right now. Um, that hey, being said, I got, though, I got a quick idea. You and Rennie uh, get together on a two for one deal uh, with the. Take a shot when I say snake charmer, and you get the Winnipeg versus everybody. We'll get a we'll get a discount on the uh, on the dual uh, the dual t shirt sales, and uh, have some fun with it. I I love it. Now, now, can we just? I mean, have we not retired the whole like he can't even have the snake charmer take anymore? I mean, that literally has to be retired. I mean, anyone that's watched this team for the last thirty four games, I think, would agree. For sure, for sure. Like I, I know, mean, there's all about playing the hits. Maybe the a certain point. Maybe the shirt will be the <laughs> snake charmer retired on it. Yeah, something like, like that. in the, in a coffin or something like that. Like <laughs> taken care of by and the not, Undertaker, not, not Undertaker style. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, not coming out. Taking, taking, putting Kane in the coffin. There yeah. we go. There we <laughs> Yokozuna go. in the uh, in that coffin <laughs> coffin match back uh, back in the day. Um, this is the. Uh, I mean, as they say, it's a big opportunity tonight. Um, as I said to to be the number one team in the league and have people when they actually go, wait a second, what the hell is happening in Winnipeg? But also the opportunity to, uh, you know, have a day off. And, hey, this team is, what, 5-0 and in their last five games on the second of, end of a back-to-back. Lauren Brassois has been playing great, and the team's been playing great in front of him. And, Ken, you mentioned how, you know, despite going 8-0-2, and whatever it is, 14-1-2, you know, this incredible run they've had dating back, you know, throughout the month of December – I mean, it's still incredibly tight. And, you know, the Jets, 
Yes, they lost to San Jose in regulation, and the only two points they left on the table in the entire other month were overtime points left on the board to the uh, Habs and Chicago Blackhawks. Up until that point, though, and a big reason why we're talking about the Jets where they are, is that they have done the job against teams below them in the standings pretty much all season. Um, you know, you can't take any team for granted, and winning in the NHL is hard. I get it, but... Anaheim, Arizona's not going to be an easy game. That's a tough out, although they have taken care of them twice so far this season. Yep. Then Columbus at home, Chicago at home, before a very tough Philly team comes in that's been great on the road this year. This next 10 days or so, um, a big, big opportunity to um, to get the job done. Um, and I think if they can continue, if they can win these games, or the majority of them, once we get to that Philly game a week tomorrow, uh, the Jets have the opportunity, I think, to have not only be the number one team in the division, uh, but maybe have a little bit of breathing room um, over Colorado and Dallas, who you know have sort of had this period of time against some of the softer teams, you know, over the course of the last month or so. Yeah, it's super interesting, Huss. It's an interesting stretch in the schedule because the Jets are, uh, you know, kind of in it. Like you said, they're they've they played a bunch of contenders when they were talking about becoming elite, needing to beat elite teams. And they've taken care of that end of the equation. But it's a constant battle because you, you can't, like, now there's going to be no victory laps and patting yourself on the back because it won't matter if you start losing to teams below you. And I think that one of the biggest revelation and it wasn't a revelation, but the, the, the biggest quote that Rick Bonus provided in the postgame, uh, you know, chat with me yesterday is this is what we're going to get from now on. The bet, the a, every team's A game is what the Jets are going to get because they don't want to get beaten by them. It's like in the in the older days of the early days of the Central for the Jets. If you rolled into the Madhouse on Madison in the years where the Blackhawks were putting up pennants, uh, you got smoked if you weren't ready. So uh, I think that he was exactly right, and I think you you are also correct in this instance uh, as usual that if the Jets take care of their business the way that they have, uh, then they can might actually find a way to get a little bit of separation. And, you know, it, it, they're not looking past any opponent. Uh, they've had enough stumbles. And again, stumble is a, is a relative term when you look at how they've handled their business. But I do think they'll continue. They didn't let the Wild back in the, in the race. And I don't think they want to let the Coyotes back in the race. So I think they will stay on high alert and like this is a team that's learning how to win. They know how to win, and they're doing a lot of winning. Hey, just on the way out, we're gonna hook up with Hacksaw in a minute and move off the uh, the pucks for a bit. But uh, <laughs> I just got sent a tweet from Reem from uh, Nick Lyman over at Top Line, oh. and he had took a couple of the quotes from this uh, Russo piece, the interview with Hartman, uh, okay. and said, "quote." Nice, hard, clean hit on Ehlers, quote, is going to ramp this thing up to a whole nother level, uh, Feb 20. Uh, and then he says, this dude's absolutely deranged. Here's the comment in the full context of the Ehlers situation. Liked by Brendan Dillon. <laughs> so is, that a ver- is that a verified account? I'd like to know. Is that a verified account? I believe, I believe, I believe it is. Okay. Um, so anyways, he just said, oh, this isn't just media driven. Got my tickets for February 20th. You should get yours too. We were just talking about that earlier. I had some guys out at the bar last night watching the game that said, I was listening to the show today, Huss, and I just went and got my tickets for the February 20th. Now, 
There's a bunch of great games next week, and this team is certainly deserving to uh, have that place full right now. Uh, but the countdown is on, and needless to say, we'll have plenty of time to talk about it uh, coming up as we get closer to the 20th. So, Weber, we're fingers crossed that it's 5.30, but we'll uh, look at it. Um, as I say, uh, as I said, um, we're, we're very much looking forward to it, and I hope that those, uh, I hope the holsters are locked and loaded um, for, uh, for some interesting ones, but it should be a great conversation, and obviously everyone appreciates you guys doing it. Uh, enjoy your time in California and Arizona. All quite jealous of uh, this spot on your travel schedule, and uh, I'm sure you can maybe go to the front desk I'm sure they've got a putter there waiting for you, and then uh, you can go uh, go work on it and get ready for the 2024 Weebs World Golf Tour. Thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll look forward to the shows later on today. My pleasure. Enjoy the uh, weekend. Happy New Year to Hacksaw, and it'll be interesting to see how some of those final uh, playoff chases go this weekend on the uh, NFL calendar. But Also, too, quick one. Uh, awesome week for the uh, PA. PWHL has uh, big time. Great, great Manitoba con- contention there between the pipes and the opener. Uh, love to see it, and uh, you know all the best to them this uh, this year and beyond as they continue to try to. In a week where we've uh, we've sort of moved backwards when talking about some subjects with the sport, uh, great to see, and the viewership was really solid for that as well. Has uh, love to see it, and I'm and, sure people hey, will support it. Hey, Minnesota, Minnesota, the, the record was from Ottawa of 8,300 for their first game. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota's going to break that, and it's just nice that the people of Minnesota have a legitimate hockey team to cheer for now in the PWHA. Oh, us. now you're fanning the f- – now you're going to the gasoline tank Absolutely, here. absolutely. Hey, obviously having a little fun with it, but it is phenomenal to see what's happened. Um, 2.9 million they put up awesome. for the viewers across the Canadian networks. I checked out some of it, and um, it is just really, really cool to see. And as I mentioned, uh, I mean, obviously I took the opportunity to take a little swipe at our friends in the Twin Cities, but uh, the state of hockey coming out big time for that team, and they're opening on the weekend. And, uh, hey, they just continue raising the bar, so uh, totally with you on that. We'll uh, look forward to uh, you and Rennie firing it up a little later on with uh, with Winnipeg's favorites. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Have a great weekend, my man. Take care. Cheers. Good stuff. There's Ken. And of course, follow along in the Winnipeg Free Press as Ken's on the road throughout this road trip before the Jets make it back. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned, tickets for the February 20th game against the Wild going quickly. Um, but let's uh, let's see some uh, great crowds next week. Um, Tuesday. And actually, Remo and I are going to be there with Lucas, our winner from uh, the uh, Christmas party. Uh, in the Play Now Lounge. We'll do a little social media content for that. We're very much looking forward to checking that out for a game. Uh, and then Bedard and the Blackhawks on Friday, or sorry, Thursday. The Flyers in on Saturday night, and then a Tuesday game against the New York Islanders. So, um, you know, those four games, and then, of course, our next WST game. Cannot wait for that Leaf game on Saturday night, January 27th. So, uh, hey, this team could be in first place in the entire National Hockey League with a win tonight. Uh, let's see that building full winnipegjets.com slash tickets um, to uh, count yourself in 
for the upcoming Winnipeg Jet games. And hey, if you're heading out to those games or just all fired up about how well this team is playing, why don't you get down to Royal Sports um, and uh, maybe pick up some new Jets gear. They've got all the jerseys customized with your favorite players, name and number, uh, and thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise, including many exclusives that you simply will not find anywhere else. In addition to the biggest and best selection of Jets merch, a great bomber section, NFL, Major League Baseball, Raptors in the NBA, international soccer, and of course, for those people getting active this winter, the biggest and best hockey section in town, as well as snowboards and more. To make the most of your winter, find it now, 750 Pemina Highway, Royal Sports, and give them a follow on Instagram as well, at Royal Sports Pemina. And hey, if you're looking for a great spot to watch the game tonight, uh, head on down to your local Boston Pizza. Late start, but it's Friday night. You can sleep in a little bit tomorrow. Um, watch the Jets make that push for first in the NHL and enjoy ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and more. Um, and, of course, check bostonpizza.com for a great January special going on right now all month long. And you can always get uh, Boston Pizza delivered hot and fresh to your door by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. All right. Um, man, over 600 in the chat. Um, let's uh, – anybody new, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Um, and let's get to the thumbs-ups going. Stick around as well after Hacksaw. We'll be doing the marble race. If you're new, do not miss it. Your chance to win a Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie. Um, and got to give a shout-out to T. Kona Pauly as well as Owen Catelli. Appreciate the super chats, fellas. Um, Tico Napoli, we know where he we know where he where he stands on this. Jets didn't address Hartman on Ehlers. Now look at the mess. If Strom in, then have him answer and avoid further garbage. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight. Uh, I certainly don't have the same level of uh, anger or retribution um, for that. Although um, we've been told that that's what you have to do this week. So I don't know. He's interested to see what happens. I'm most concerned with the two points and waking up tomorrow talking about the Jets being number one in the National Hockey League. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go down to uh, sunny Southern California and welcome in the Hacksaw, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Happy New Year, pal. How uh, how was your uh, last week or so as we entered and brought in 2024? Happy New Year to you. It was okay. It's cool. Uh, Sun is shining here. It's about 60 degrees. We're waiting for more of the atmospheric river rainstorms to roll through, which is fine with me because I like the rain because we need the rain because I hate heat, humidity, and fires. And that's part of our Southern California existence. And we had an earthquake this morning at 4.1. So, yeah, my, my day's been standard as is. Hey, I'm surprised Weebs even showed up. I thought I put putting green behind him. I thought he just, you know, did not show up. Well, he needs the practice. He just didn't have the putter. He just didn't have the putter, but I told him to go to the front desk and he can get work on it. He had a great golf season, but uh, the putting was a big issue for Weber last year. And uh, he will will always take advantage of trying to work on the stroke. Um, So maybe that is what he's doing. Hey, listen, before we get to NFL, I mean, you're all over everything. Have you been following or caught wind of uh, all of the nonsense between the Jets and the Wild over this week coming out of last week? Uh, Ryan Hartman's cheap shot, high stick on Cole Perfetti. The fact that Perfetti was mic'd up. Um, we've been waiting. We've been waiting for a while for a real legitimate rivalry to uh, to uh, kind of develop, and this one is over the top now, Lee. And that everyone's putting X's on the calendar until the Jets and Wild play again on February twentieth. 
just what we need. Just a little bit of hate. That's all. And it's not even the playoffs yet. Uh, yeah, I saw it. I thought it was excessive. Uh, I thought it was dangerous. Uh, I, have a, I have a real problem these days with violent on the ice. And this is somebody that came out of the Eastern Hockey League and slap shot. Uh, I, I, you know, the league has to control it better. I understand incidental things, you know, but I don't understand retaliatory things with sticks and skates. And that's really scary. Every guy's got a right to earn his living uh, for his family and to play the sport as best as he can. But when guys step over the line, it just, it bothers me no end. And even with all the protection, I mean, the whole world is wearing shields now a lot, you know, and obviously you look at the, the padding on, on forearms and wrists and obviously calves now to protect against uh, skate cuts. But I just, I, I get a little bit turned off by some of the high stick stuff I see behind the play, off the play in retaliation to the play. No doubt about it. Um, all right, let's get to week 18 in the NFL. And it, it, it is such a bizarre week, uh, Lee, and it always is. You've got half the teams playing in what essentially amounts to preseason football and a bunch of other teams playing for their playoff lives. Yeah, it's it's a weird set of circumstances. You know, two years ago, the league was really concerned about what was happening in week 16, 17, or 18, where teams are already in the playoffs and they're sitting there players. And what they did was they juggled the schedule. For the last two weeks of the regular NFC, you play everybody in your division. And those turn out to a degree to be important games. But yet... If you look across the rosters in the NFL, Hustler, this week, guys that are already qualified with 12 wins or 11 wins or even 10 wins, they're sitting there, guys. Uh, and then you add in the injury factor. Some of these games look like they're exhibition games. We had a Charger-Denver Bronco game last week, the battle of the backup quarterbacks. There were so many guys out of the lineup with injuries. It looked like a third preseason game in August that nobody cares about. So, I don't know what the league can do about this. You, you know, you do want your stars on the field, so the fans who are paying enormous ticket money can see the stars on the field. But you, there is an injury risk there. I don't have the solution to that situation, but the league's uh, tried to address it a couple times, and now this week, everybody's top quarterback is sitting out. You know, um, you, let's kind of just hit a few of these games in these scenarios. The Pittsburgh Steelers are still in it. They got a win. They're in the first game early tomorrow taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I would normally say, and we know Lamar Jackson won't play. I'd imagine John Harbaugh will be smart with most of his star players. But part of me thinks, Lee, and when you think about speaking of preseason, the Ravens win every single preseason game they play. They play to win. And I'm not sure they would love anything more than knocking out a rival like the Pittsburgh Steelers, even if it's not Lamar Jackson. Um, might this game be a lot closer than I think a lot of people think it looks like on paper with the Ravens sitting their stars? Well, Tyler Huntley is a pretty representable backup quarterback, and he's going to start, and he'll make them competitive. And as long as Baltimore plays the bulk of its defense, which leads the world in virtually every statistical category, I think they're going to make the day really tough on Mason Rudolph, the third quarterback that Pittsburgh's used this season. But, you know, Pittsburgh's got to win – you know, half the world is at nine and seven. A third of the world is at eight and eight. I mean, it's amazing the traffic jam we have uh, for the final couple of playoff spots. I think I counted there are six AFC teams, Hustler, fighting for one wildcard spot, six. And over in the NFC, you get just a monster traffic jam. There's two 
wild card spots available, but there might be five or six teams still in the running for there. So uh, these, you know, these guys are right down. And I always found, you know, as a longtime voice of the Chargers and Seahawks, when you got to the finish line of the season, you look back at the schedule and say, damn, we had a chance. If we had won this game, not blown this game, we wouldn't be in this mess we're in right now, having to go into somebody's hostile environment stadium and in a must-win game. So there's always a lot of regret when you get to the last week of the regular schedule. You know what is is fascinating? And there is a scenario, a, a, a possible scenario. I mean, if the two favorites win, if Pittsburgh wins against Baltimore and Jacksonville wins their game against Tennessee, the Sunday night game between the Miami Dolphins is not only for the AFC East title, but the Buffalo Bills with the win would be the AFC East champs and have the two seed. And if they lose... They're out of the playoffs, Lee. It's, uh, I mean, a, a, a great scheduling. And, um, you know, regardless of what happens, it'll be a huge matchup for that two seed and, you know, the home spot and, and, and you know, a really nice spot in the playoffs. But what a scenario for the Bills, which is, uh, it could potentially be all or nothing on the road against a division rival that's had a great season. Could you imagine if Buffalo doesn't get in? If you're living on the Niagara frontier and you have to deal with the anger of the Bills not making it, and by the way, bleeping winter is here. How hard is that to live in Western New York? Uh, but I don't think Pittsburgh has much of a chance against Baltimore, and that's a big issue. Uh, it is intriguing that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season, but he's taken a lot of heat in Pittsburgh, Andrew, yeah. because he's had only three playoff wins in 13 years now. There's there's a lot of heat being directed because they are not what they used to be organizationally. His job is safe, but for the first time there has been has been criticism. And, you know, Buffalo, to me, it's just a strange mix. It's just not the same team that we've seen the last group of years. I'm not going to say the window is closed. I do think since they made the change at coordinator and they threw some pages out of the playbook uh, when Ken Dorsey was exited, that Josh Allen's not turning the ball over. And, you know, it's taken a while for their young running back, James Cook, to become a star. But he looks like he's knocking on the door of being a really solid NFL back. He's averaging five yards per catch. I don't know what's happened to Stephon Diggs. He's just he's not part of this package on a consistent basis. You think he'd be targeting him 10 to 12 times a game and it doesn't seem to be happening. So you got Miami and Miami's got injury issues here. You know, two has got the shoulder. Raheem Mostert probably won't play again because of the knee and the ankle. Tyree Kill is dealing with his foot and his ankle and the fact his mansion was badly damaged in a fire, and they don't have Jalen Waddle because of this high ankle sprain. And suddenly, all the components that made Miami unbelievable, some of those neon lights have been dimmed because of injuries and some personal situations. So Buffalo could beat Miami if Miami's not anywhere near full strength. Um, yeah, it will be a fascinating tilt. That's the late game on Sunday. One other game I wanted to ask you about, a standalone game tomorrow night. Win and in, C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans, and the Houston Texans on the road taking on Shane Steichen, who's had another unbelievable season. I mean, two first-year head coaches who have done so much for their clubs and Minshew Mania at home at the home of the shoe. Um, what do you make of this game, this matchup, and uh, who do you like to uh, punch their ticket to the postseason? Well, I don't know if D'Amico Ryans or Shane Steichen should get Coach of the Year votes, but I'd, I'd consider it, just considering what they inherited, 
and what they've accomplished. And in the Indianapolis storyline, they've accomplished that with all types of injuries. That number one draft pick, Anthony Richardson, AR-15, he got hurt early. Minshew has been the backup become the starter and has willed them to victory. Both their running backs have had major injuries. Michael Pittman got 99 catches, been in and out of the lineup with concussion problems. They released their Pro Bowl linebacker at midseason. So, I mean, it's just a real unique mix. I'll say this about Minshew. He's fun to watch. He's got a little bit of gunslinger in him. We know a couple of things about Gardner Minshew. He will throw touchdown passes, and he will turn that sucker over. That's going to be interesting. C.J. Stroud, just a phenomenal rookie of the year season. And if you think of what that organization has done, what they did in the draft, getting that quarterback and then getting the big linebacker, who's had a masterful season, what they did in free agency, I think they signed 24 unrestricted veteran guys and plugged them in. And then they went out and, and signed a bunch of college undrafted players. I mean, it's such roster turnover, and they're in the playoffs almost. I mean, they're nine and seven. So Mika Ryans looks like he's just done a phenomenal job in their front office. has done a, a tremendous job too. So that, you know, that's a critical must win game for somebody. If you're asking me, I'd like CJ Stroud over the gunslinger. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, by the way, marbles are open, everyone. Uh, if you missed it or you're not looking at the chat, exclamation mark marbles. We'll get to that in 10 minutes or so after we pump out the cool bet lines. Lee, um, we'll be focusing in on Super Wildcard Weekend next week and uh, who has survived to play in the postseason. But for the teams that aren't in the postseason, you know what comes on Monday. It is Black Monday. Coach is getting fired. Who uh, Who's getting a pink slip uh, in uh, three days? There's a laundry list everywhere. I, I guess burning question one has to be what happens in New England. And that thing seems to be changing as we go. Uh, I found out this morning that Belichick's contract's got a total value of $25 million in the final year. And, you know, he, he still coaches a good game. Doesn't have a good team, but he coaches them up. Uh, there's a rumor mill out there. There's an undercurrent of feeling that Robert Kraft may keep Belichick for one more year and hire a general manager to put over Belichick, and the general manager will take over total player personnel control of the team. So, so keep that in mind. You know, I, if Belichick exits, it has to be with honor. It should not be a messy firing. He'll probably get hired again somewhere else if he wants to continue. I know that I don't know that Kraft wants to end this enormous historical saga in a really bad, bad way. So, so maybe this general manager rule makes an awful lot of sense. Uh, so you, you got that situation. Uh, Washington, sadly, I think Ron Rivera and the general manager Martin Mayhew will be uh, axed. They've never solved the quarterback problem. They have a new owner who will spend money. It's just going to be with different people running the football side of the operation post-Daniel Snyder. Uh, in Atlanta, what does Arthur Blank do? He's really unhappy uh, that the, the growth has been so slow. Uh, but to hit the eject button on Arthur Smith after just two and a half seasons, when they knew they had to go through a quarterback transition, problem is they haven't solved the quarterback thing. The Raiders locker room wants Antonio Pierce. I don't know what Mark Davis is going to do because Mark Davis always does things off off the chart. Does, does he keep Pierce? Uh, Pierce has gotten them emotionally to play really hard. But at the end of the day, Hustler, you got to have talent. And they don't have enough talent on this roster because they've made so many mistakes in the draft because Mark Davis has made so many mistakes with coaches and who he's hired uh, as, a, as a general manager. Players want Pierce retained. Uh, we'll see if they win this weekend. They should win this weekend. 
Uh, the weird one is Tennessee, uh, where Mike Vrabel, you know, he was 41 and 21 uh, his first four years. And since then, they're 12 and 21. And it kind of looks like they're about to start just a massive rebuild. Uh, may have the quarterback in place. I don't know what they do with the running back, Derrick Henry. I don't know what they're going to do with DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver. They've had an awful lot of injuries on defense. So I don't know if Mike Vrabel stays. If he does, they'll, they'll probably give him one more year just to try to flip this and complete the rebuild. If Vrabel gets bounced and New England's job is open, connect the oh, dots on that. Oh, Mike absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt. They would jump at Vrabel if he had, I mean, a former Patriot with all that history. Um, I think that would be Robert Kraft's first choice if Bill Belichick is no longer their head coach. And I'll quickly add, you got the Charger opening. And the question is, after Monday's Michigan-Washington college football playoff game, does Jim Harbaugh go to Los Angeles, get hired by the Chargers? Keep an how eye much, on that. How much, chat, how much chat like in the market is there about Harbaugh? I mean, uh, we know he played for the team, uh, lots of it. Like, oh. I, I want it to happen. I want it to happen um, just because I think the NFL is a much more fun place with Jim Harbaugh in it coaching. Well, also, I think he might jump ship before the posse gets there because they're under NCAA investigation for all kinds of stuff, uh, including COVID recruiting violations go back four years. Uh, and the University of Tennessee just got hit with four years probation for violations of recruiting in, 20, in 2020 during the COVID blackout. These are the same violations that are being leveled now against Michigan. So the big question, does Michigan get stripped of scholarships? Does Michigan get put on probation for what Harbaugh's staff uh, did during the COVID year? So does he jump ship early before the posse gets there? Uh, that remains to be seen. But there's a bunch of unanswered questions with the Chargers. You know, ownership has has never made good decisions with coaches. I mean, walk with me down this road, will you, Hustler? They fired a Hall of Fame coach in Don Coriel. They fired a Super Bowl coach in Bobby Ross. They fired Marty Schottenheimer, 200 career wins. And the last three coaches have hired have been disasters. Uh, so are you gonna are you going to trust the Spanos family? which, by the way, calls itself the first family of football, even huh. though they're in last place. So you're going to trust the first family of football to make the right decision? That's one item. The second item is Harbaugh wants 12 to $15 million per year. Chargers have never, ever paid that to anybody. On top of that, Harbaugh wants total player personnel control, head coach and director of football ops. And who's the president of football operations? John Spanos. Thanks, Dad, for the job. So that's an issue. Is the owner going to boot the kid out so he can hire Jim Harbaugh? And the intangible thing, and Harbaugh's done a great job. He did a great job fixing Stanford, 49-14 and 14 with the Niners, 75-25 and 25 at Michigan. But he wears out his welcome. By the end of the third or fourth year, the relationship has not been good at any of the places he's gone. So you got to weigh that, I think, into the equation. It's a long answer to a question that's got a lot of complex parts to it. Well, speaking of uh, of Harbaugh, uh, he and his Wolverines will be taking on the Washington Huskies Monday night in the national championship game. So we don't have Monday night football this week, but we do have the college championship game. And then we'll have a Monday night or the following week finishing up the super wild card weekend. Leah, I'm sure you've got plenty for us waiting for you at uh, waiting for us at LeeHacksawHamilton.com. Don't forget, folks, if you have not watched the Slapshot video that is at the YouTube channel as well. But uh, Lee, tee up uh, everything coming up on the weekend uh, for folks to check out at the website and more. Well, uh, obviously previewing Michigan versus Washington. I'm picking the guys wearing maize and blue because they play defense. But it's going to be a massive 
massive game to see Michigan chase Michael Penix around the field and try to disrupt all the rhythm that the Huskies have offensively. You can just ask Nick Saban about that experience. Uh, but uh, we got that. We got the NFL preview. We got the coaching carousel. A lot of free agent signings in Major League Baseball. Uh, we cover the NBA. I do write about the National Hockey League. And if you're big into soccer and golf and NASCAR, we also do that. So it's, it's all on the website. I write on it every day. And if you like podcasts, check my podcast. And on the homepage, there's, there's a, a page there that says podcast via YouTube. Look at that because we do something really unique and different. And you can blame Hustler because he introduced me to the podcast world. And that's that's weird for me to say because now I'm a modern technology guy and I still have a Royal Manual typewriter in my garage. So stop laughing at me. Hey, but, you, uh, I'm a man of many, many talents. Uh, and Lee, promise me one thing. Um, if the Jets get it done tonight against the Ducks, they will be the number one team in the National Hockey League. Let's get a nice mention for the uh, boys from the peg. Um, and the way they've been playing as of late, if uh, if that is the uh, is the case, have a great weekend and uh, thanks for doing this. It should be a good one. Well, I'm I'm surprised at where the peg is. I'm kind of surprised where Vancouver is, and I'm really hoping the Kings can put this thing back together again. The Ducks are it's been painful in the rebuild. Hey, have yourself a great sports weekend. Enjoy uh, all the games, and we'll catch up to you next week as always. Thanks, Andrew. Right on. Thanks a lot. There it is, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, and. Uh, just keeping my eye here on the World Junior. There's 30 seconds left, and the Swedes are not too pleased. Um, some fisticuffs right now. USA up 6-2. Uh, Rucker McGrory just scored <clears throat> into an empty net, and uh, uh, things are getting a little chippy. The hometown Swedes not pleased with the way the, the game has gone, but uh, 30 seconds left, and then USA will be World Junior. Hockey championships. All right. <clears throat> Last call for Marbles, gang. Exclamation mark Marbles in the chat if you just popped in. I got to, uh, hey, the weekend's here. You know what goes great with the weekend and a uh, late game on the West Coast? How about a few beers from Winnipeg's favorite, Little Brown Jug? Um, pop by the brewery and taproom on William Avenue at some point on the weekend if you want to try them right off the tap. But if you're in your local beer store, make sure to keep your eyes peeled for generic lager. Um, the uh, light, crisp, refreshing new beer from Little Brown Jug, which is, by the way, available along with their flagship 1919 at Canada Life Center. Uh, but if you're in your local beer store on the weekend, check it out. 1999 right now for eight packs of the Tall Boys and 2.99 a can as well, uh, wherever you get great beer. And uh, big thanks to Little Brown Jug for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Check their website as well. They do have local delivery options if you want to get it out. And, uh, hey, I know it's going to get a little cold uh, in the next little bit, but we're already looking forward to the summer fishing season. Now might be a great time to get over to AkinsLake.com and start finding out a little bit more on availability for the upcoming season. There is nothing like the Aikens experience, a fly-in fishing experience like no other here in the province of Manitoba where you can be on the, on the dock and in the water in about two hours from the city of Winnipeg. Find out more online, AkinsLake.com. And um, you can also check out Pitt and what they've got going on Twitter and Instagram at AkinsLake. Uh, all right, let's get Remus in here. We do have to get to the cool bet lines. Uh, but I don't know if you've been paying attention to this game. I've sort of been rubbernecking for the last little bit. A... Uh, very dejected Swedish crowd, um, some fisticuffs at the end, but um, Team USA fulfilling they were the favorites going in. It looks like they're going to be world junior champs, and uh, Rucker McGordy right in the middle of it. 
Yeah, it's uh, good for Team USA. Tough for Sweden, Huss. You're at home, full barn there. Well, I guess it's, it's afternoon here, but and you lose, uh, certainly tough, but uh, USA's got so many top prospects, recent draftees, uh, previous ones, so they were the favorite to win, and uh, a lot of great names on this team, but we're here paying attention to Rutger McGrory, and he was on the show last year after what they had that crazy, was a bronze medal game, and here they yeah. are, here they are now back uh, winning gold, so congratulations to Rutger, you know, for Jets fans, it was what Rutger McGrory's USA versus Elias Almanson of Sweden, also Fabian Wagner as well. I was kind of pulling, you know, we like Rutger, we're big Rutger guys yeah. here. He's been on, oh, sorry, has been on the show. And uh, yeah, nice to see uh, see them win, uh, closing the tournament off. And I got to say, Huss, great to see so many people in chat here today. You know, we have oh, had, we've had some new people in here. We're, we're writing exclamation marbles. And uh, some people don't know what it is. And there was one person who was new. I think we've had a couple Minnesota fans pop by. And one guy was like, best thing ever happened to your channel was putting Ryan Hartman's name in the title. And I was like, actually, <laughs> actually, man, the best thing ever was putting Pierre-Luc Dubois' name in the yeah, title. Yeah, exactly. In the title. Like, so It's been a good week. It's been a good week with mm -hmm. all this Hartman uh, nonsense. Uh, but mm -hmm. for newcomers, nothing will compare to two years of Dubois drama yeah. to uh, I, to uh, fire up fire up the people and uh, fire up the numbers here on the channel. I guess yeah, I guess we'll have a couple like a uh, bit of this couple months, you know, a month and a bit till February twenty, and uh, you know we kind of wanted to move on, but they had the Sportsnet panel. Oh. It's coming on national TV and saying that you know if you want to send a message, you got to stick a guy in the face, and then we had Hartman's. Comments and then tonight we're gonna see which um, young uh, duck who had nothing to do with Kyle Connor getting injured get take. They're just gonna have him tied up. Us, someone's gonna come. It's like, okay, you gotta get your two stitches yeah. here, and they're so gonna flog him. Now. That's how it's done. Gotta send a message. <laughs> Don't injure Kyle Connor. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight. Was it nine o'clock start? Uh, it is. Uh, oh, let's see. I know it's a perfect little segue into the cool bet lines. Uh, we did our lock shop today. We'll get to NFL in just a second. But right now, there's only three games tonight in the NHL, and that is why we know that the Jets with a win will jump the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers into first place in the National Hockey League. Sorry, well, the, the Jets are tied right now with Boston. 52 points in 37 games. The Jets have one more win, so they're ahead of them technically in the standings. But Boston's not playing tonight. The Avalanche are at 53 points. The Jets have two games in hand, so they've got a significantly better winning percentage. Uh, but the Rangers are the one team that's ahead of the Jets. Same amount of games played, one point ahead at 53 with a 26-10-1 and one record. So, as I've been kind of mentioning a number of times today, win tonight against the Ducks. Take your dad's out golfing tomorrow as the number one team in the National Hockey League. Uh, the game's tonight. Chicago is in New Jersey to take on the Devils. Uh, listen, really tough run right now for the Blackhawks. They're a big plus 330 underdog. The Devils minus 418. Carolina is in Washington. Um, Carolina's the favorite at minus 174. Caps plus 147. And then the Jets on the second end of the back-to-back. They'll be expected, as Ken mentioned, we're expecting John Gibson to be in the net tonight for the Ducks. 
Winnipeg minus 183 favorites, the Ducks plus 154, and the Jets to win on the puck line minus one and a half if you want to get aggressive, plus 142. Um, there's also NHL season bets. Let's just open this up while we're here. Um, wow. The Jets have dropped a 14 to 1 to win the Cup, Reem. Yeah, they got better odds than the Maple Leafs. So you think that'll be on the front page of uh, TSN, Hus? <laughs> no, no, I don't actually. Um, but it's interesting at how wide open it is. Colorado and Vegas are 10 to 1. Um, Rangers, Bruins, Hurricanes, 11 to 1. Oilers and Stars, 12 to 1. And then the Panthers and the Winnipeg Jets are 14 to 1. The Jets were 22 to 1, um, basically right up until now, because these had been off the board. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, the Leafs are there at 15 to 1. I, I, again, this just makes me thank Jay Fresh that much more, because when we were going into this season, we thought the Jets could be a playoff team. Um, but when I saw his rankings and the model that kept on spitting the Jets out near the top of the uh, the league when it came to points. Um, we jumped on the President's Trophy at 50-1. to one, And did I you? know... Yes, I did. And the Jets... You know what the Jets were if you p- picked them to win the Cup preseason? 60-1. Mm. to one. No, and you were in on that? Of course I was in on that. We do the lock shop every day. I mean, we do these cool bet lines. You got to... Got to get in, have, have a little belief. Um, so, yeah, like I think the $20 bets pays like, you know, twelve twenty. Um, Whoa, so man. Another, re- of- another reason to be pulling for the uh, team to just keep on stacking up the wins. Um, so, anyways, all that's there at Cool Bet. Now, there are a couple of fun exclusives for tonight in the Cool Bet exclusives. Um, there is one, the uh, a chalk it up. If you just like the favorites tonight, Devils, Canes, and Jets all to win. That's boosted to plus 230. Um, and here's the other one. Business class, jo- uh, Jake called it. Josh Morrissey to get a point. Ducks team total under two and a half. And the Jets to win. That one is in at plus 265. A couple neat ones in the Cool Bet Daily exclusives. Um, but if you go up to the top, the first thing you'll see at the exclusives is the Lock Shop Partner Parlay. Um, we've got three for you for the weekend. Um, first of all, a two-banger for tomorrow for the two NFL games. Baltimore plus three and a half at home to the Steelers. No Lamar Jackson. A few guys will sit. As we talked about with Hacksaw, Baltimore is no joke, and they play to win. Uh, and the Texans to win the night game. Um, that one, I think it was like 228 when we put it in. They boosted it to plus 275. So then we've got two different parlays for the Sunday games. We've got a money line parlay just for these teams to win, the Patriots to beat the Jets, the New Orleans Saints to beat the Falcons, and the Packers to beat the Bears. That one boosted up to plus 425. And then our point spread parlay, Buccaneers minus 4.5 against the uh, Carolina Panthers, the Detroit Lions minus 3.5 against the Vikings, and the Raiders minus 2.5 against the Broncos. That one juiced up to plus 665. So it's all there in the Cool Bet exclusives. Check today's lock shop over in the EST YouTube channel if you want to kind of see how we got to all of this and in, uh, enjoy the pod. Um, and other than that, if you haven't played a Cool Bet before, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks 
on your first deposit. Um, there you go. USA World Junior Hockey Championships was on that as well today. So uh, maybe we'll have to put some of that into a couple of those hockey exclusives for tonight because I'm already in on the ones we did for uh, for the lock shop. Um, all right, Remo, man, uh, these shows are getting longer um, because we've had so much to talk about. But we mm-hmm. do need to get to a little marbles action to finish off the week and uh, welcome in all the newcomers to uh, how we finish up Fridays here on WST. Yeah, looking forward to this. Um, I was going to say... <laughs> I have to help my wife with something. You want to give me like a minute? And you want to, can you do a little crowd work or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just give okay. me one. Just give me one. one minute. Okay, hurry I'm up. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Give me one, one minute. This I should have, what, I should have left. This is why we need a studio. This is why we need a studio. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> this is so no one can get pulled out in the middle Hold of shows. Hold on one sec. One sec. Yeah, yeah. All good. All good. We'll get, we'll get her done. Um, you know what? Hey, listen, why don't we, let's do another why not question of the day right now. Um, and I know retribution um, and, and this you know, this entire line of discussion has sort of been the big topic tonight. Um, but I am interested in what you all think we'll see tonight. I mean, will it be a complete nothing burger? The Jets go out, just focus on winning the game, beat the Ducks, and you know try and get first place, or will we see? Um, fallout, maybe not to the wild extent, but um, fallout for the Ryan Strom. Knee on knee hit on Kyle Connor, which has cost him six to eight weeks right now. Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm interested to see if um, if there will be much. And again, I kind of said this to Ken earlier on. I don't really feel that this is going to get anywhere close to as stupid as what's happened with uh, between the Jets and the Wild. Um, And I don't really think there's a Ryan Hartman type character certainly on the Jets, that would go down that way. And listen, for the for the Ducks side of things, I mean, Ryan Strom, you know, certainly doesn't have a reputation as any sort of a dirty player. There wasn't any, there wasn't any, um, there was not any supplemental discipline on it. Um, you know, uh, Hockey Mom says, enough is enough. Team will, teams will have no eyes left if there is always an eye for an eye. Uh, SK, nothing burger tonight, Huss. I'm sort of with you on that. Uh, MC Stormy, bench brawl, Huss. I highly doubt it. Um, it's your boy, Bruce. When's Dusty back on to tell us about the Spangler experience? Dusty and I will be back together in the lock shop on Monday. Check it out at noon over at the, um, at noon over at the Edmonton Sports Talk channel. Uh, here's my boy, Kabilis. Nothing burger, getting as much airtime as the snake charmer. <laughs> Uh, Lori Loving Life, also nothing burger. Jets have much more class than the Wild tonight. Spirit Man, though, says fight night tonight. Uh, and Waiter says that Evan flushed Remo's car keys down the toilet. Um, that, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure whether that happened. Never Anyways, happened. You, uh, you are back. Why don't we fire up a little yeah. Tristan Rivers music? And, sure. uh, and again, newcomers, we do this every Friday. Make sure you're with us in YouTube. We open up registration around 2.45. We finish talking to Hacksaw. We do the cool bet lines. And then we have some fun with a marble race. Whoever wins will get an exclusive WST hoodie from our friends at Shipham and Associates that uh, is only available to marbles winners. Shout out to Kochi51, who was uh, the winner of last week's. And listen, before we do marbles, the muse of the Winnipeg digital sports scene, Tristan Rivers Music, takes us in with one of his many versions of the marbles theme song. Let's go. 
Tristan Rivers Music, our guy. I'm getting a kick out of the chat saying that tomorrow everyone is going to be uh, going to Disneyland together. No, I think they're going to Arizona and they're doing a golf day with the dads. Um, And I see uh, uh, Kim says, uh, bring Chuck Hellebuck on WST as a special guest. We should do that at some point. Maybe after the dad's trip, we'll welcome him on. I'm sure he's a very proud dad watching his son. Um, establish himself and remind everybody who's the man when it comes to NHL goalies. And Isha Boy Bruce says we should get Chuck Hellebuck to 3D print a marble racetrack. <laughs> that would be something for some live, a live in-person marble race at a WST event going forward. That would be uh, that would be pretty fun. But we'll take that all under advisement. Um, 516 of you in here. You have to be subscribed to the channel to be eligible to win. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button uh, and give a thumbs up as well for the fellas. Helps us spread the channel. Um, Remo, what? Uh, We've got a lot of people in chat today. I imagine there's quite a few marbles. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the situation? Where are we going today? 277 marbles right now. Am I adding any extras? Should I add a marble for uh, Dennis Bayak, who had his last game today at the World Juniors here? I didn't pull this out the other day, but my Dennis Bayak autographed card that I purchased. Uh, I love that. What set is this? I forget what set it is, but uh, Voice of the Winnipeg Jets has for sure at least doubled in value over does the last that week. Have, uh, does that have like a piece of his tie or his suit? No. It, is it, it's a, uh, is just, it's it a game signed. worn? It's not game worn. It's just signed. <laughs> it's just game just worn game materials wo- card? <laughs> yeah, just a game. No, it's not a piece of his headset. No, it's just signed. So uh, I forget what set this was, but voice. pretty. Oh, Panini. Autograph guaranteed by Panini. So I, they don't really do, they don't do card. I think it's just upper deck now, but. Pretty cool. They had a broadcaster set, so I had to get uh, a Dennis a Dennis one. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, uh, people are saying, you know what the uh, the the social media liaison for the dad's trip, yeah. Chuck Buck, he yeah. gets one, um, and Jennifer Botterell definitely gets one for being the voice of reason, in along with the uh, the Sportsnet Mensa Club the other day. Uh, on the uh, on the panel um, mm-hmm. for being the uh, the voice of reason and the, uh, the 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 sane one when it came to that discussion that got so much run amongst uh, hockey fans. Yeah, I was gonna put one for the uh, Anaheim Duck, the youngest Anaheim Duck, who's gonna get slashed in the face tonight. <laughs> so no. so they get a message. They get a message um, sent, but I'm not gonna do that. And uh, we do, haven't really given a shout to Connor Hellebuck, who's named to. I'm not gonna put him in the race. We'll have his dad. A name to the All-Star game and 
We got to make sure we're getting on the voting and vote in Josh Morrissey or Shifley, Ehlers, Kyle Connor. So uh, <laughs> there's awesome, a lot of good news. Uh, you know, Winnipeg Jets that just kind of been pushed off the front page because of uh, nonsense. No, exactly. Uh, what about um, what about Cole's lip? Cole Perfetti's lip. That's what I said. <laughs> like, look, we should be praising Ryan Hartman. He only gave him two stitches. Like, imagine what that. That's why. Everyone's like, yeah, Hartman did the right thing by slashing him in the face. Like, let's say you got him in the eye or got him or broke a bone, a facial bone. It was precision. Precision. Because he was so good with the precision, that's why we're saying it was the right thing to do to send a message. (laughs) Like, that guy is skilled with the hockey stick. (laughs) Skill. Two stitches us. He could have lost teeth. He knew what he was doing. Just, you know, just grazed him. Wasn't you know, that, he must sent not have a been message? Full. Yeah, sent, you know, the <laughs> message was sent. There you go. So Cole Perfetti's lip done. That's yeah, getting it. Perfetti, Perfetti's lip. Um, he's he's getting it as well. Oh, and you know what? Let's give one to Rucker because uh, they sure. just won the gold medal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll <put> them <laughs> okay. So two, we're over two two eighty right now. Two eighty one. We don't need to do too many. People you get mad. Ba- you gave one to Bayak, right? Yes, I did give one to Bayak. All right. Well, let's do it. Uh, We played the theme song. Let's fire it up Uh, again. Be subscribed to the channel. Give a thumbs up. And if you win, we'll hook you up with one of our WST Mm -hmm. hoodies, courtesy of Shipham (laughs) and Associates. Who Rabbit Peanuts had enough of me. He says, wrap it up, Millhouse. I told you, I don't look cool anymore when I got glasses. Look, I look like Millhouse. I'm just walking around saying, my glasses all the time. But at least I can see the computer now. My eyes don't hurt. So hey, You know what? Contacts point, are coming. You, just have to, you have to accept it and, uh, and uh, do it up. All right, where are we going today? Uh, it's called Super Smooth Laugh because you've had a lot of laughs. Like that, that's lately. true. A lot of we, laughs we, here. We most certainly have had super uh, lots of laughs. So here it is. Super smooth laugh. Another new course. Uh, and yeah, oh, we're just about at 300. Yeah, perfect. If you can, like if you haven't thumbs up already, let's get that over 300 for sure on another big show and another big week. Um, and I guess we should thank the wild because um, this would be, I mean, anyway, listen, the team's, playing so well we knew that there'd be a lot of excitement but yeah um let's face it it has uh that has floated the boat or risen the tide if you will um quite a bit this week we, we should probably we didn't give him one but we actually should give michael russo um a marble for that article he had on ryan hartman so we can keep talking about it today and that great i mean he's just doing what a journalist does ask going right to the source for getting those quotes where um, not getting a marble Mayors, no marble. Sammy the scarf, no marble. Um, Most definitely. All right, let's let's get her going. This was Ryan Harbin. Yeah, snitches get stitches is what he said about Cole Perfetti. (laughs) That was the only thing that they were missing, literally, from uh, from the piece. All right, guys, so here it is. Super smooth laugh, a new marble track. We haven't seen this one before. Ooh, I like this. uh, I like this start. It's good. Good luck to everyone. Fridays, right here on WST, same time. We open up registration around 345. Usually we started a little earlier, but uh, we appreciate everyone sticking around for it. All right, weekend time. Jets could be first in the league with a win tonight against the Ducks. Let's make it happen right now. Drop the marbles on WST. I like the start with the, uh, oh, we got a nice big drop. Steiner. 
Who's going to be coming out first? Dennis Bayak. I see Dennis uh, near the uh, near the front. Derminator. Oh, and this is wild. There's a bunch of different paths people can go. Corbin Bowen. Corbin looking good right now. Ken 007. That's not Weave's World. Although maybe that is Ken's YouTube name. Uh, but Corbin and Ken coming out first. Then Jet Oil Tom. Greg Friesen. Doug McFadden. Mike Pittman's in the mix there. Uh, but we've got Corbin. We've got Ken. Who else is in the mix? The knee of KFC. And now uh, Miller Time's over on the other side. Not as much. Um... Oh, wow. Somebody just got thrown over the yeah. top rope. So, Ken 007. Uh-oh. This is a jump here, Huss. They get on the speed boost, and they got to pass that little jump there, and some of them haven't. I got you. I got you. It's uh, It can go one of two ways. It's gone well for Greg Friesen, and it's gone well for Doug McFadden right now. Oh, Kim Sawchuck, sorry about that, Kim. Although Kim's was a former winner. She just uh, came by to grab her hoodie, I think, in the last week. Oh, there goes Mary Jane, Bravo Bry. Seen quite a few names. Oh, Cole Perfetti's lip thrown over the top rope. Oh. It will not be Cole's lip today. Uh, Greg Friesen's looking pretty good, though. And Doug McFadden over on the other side. Sort of two out in front. Jet Oil Tom coming in pretty hot. Um, but Greg Friesen is in first place right now. And then, oh, he got bounced back by uh, Doug McFadden. Who's going to get in first? They're getting some, uh, they're getting more company right now. But Greg Friesen did get through first. And now there's Doug. What's going to happen with this? Oh, Greg Friesen with a very, very nice move getting past there. But here comes Todd. Todd 18 has entered the mix for first place. Oh, look at Schickster. Schickster making a run at it. I think Schickster's a two-time champ. Schickster might have actually been the first ever Marbles champ, if I recall correctly. Uh, but Greg Friesen rising, climbing the ladder. This is like the uh, TLC match or a ladder match, uh, if you will. Greg is in first right now. There's Todd 18. Who's going to be the first one to come through? Oh, looks like Schickster could do it again. Schickster does it. How about that? Schickster, Doug McFarlane, Greg Friesen, your top three. Jet Oil Tom, Trevor Red Ranger, Johnny B, Todd 18, Barnett Burnett, Frosty Winnipeg, and Turd Ferguson. The top 10. That was actually an excellent new course stream. It, I tested it. I like the name. Super Smooth Laugh. It's how I've been feeling. Uh, <laughs> you know, in the last couple of days. So, uh, yeah. Schickster might be the first ever three time champ. He said three. He's in the chat right now. All caps, three time champion. Uh, so, congratulations to Schickster. Nicely done, Schickster. Nicely done, my friend. And he actually called his shot last week. He thought he was going to be the. Uh, he was going to be the guy that you know won the first race of uh, of the year. And I guess he did because last week was um was the thirtieth. So yeah, our first Marvels champ of the year, much like our first ever champ, Schickster, and doing it in a big, big field of over 280 marbles. Uh, for those of you like our buddies Ross and Shorn who bet against each other every day, uh, we'll take a run down through the, uh, through the list so you can all see where you finished, if you did finish. Hey, there's my boy Fratani. Fratani, you coming by win tonight for the game? 17th, nicely done. There's Jackie Gordo. 
Drew Music, Tristan Rivers Music, Top 25, nicely done. Cosmic Tales MB, well done, Cosmic. Uh, Michael Lay, my guy, Kochi51. What else do we have here? Royster, Bullish Bradley, Cowboy, he finished. Winnipeg Walter, Bengals fan. I've taken on the Browns this week, but uh, the Browns I don't think are playing anybody. Jerry Blutie. Hey, Spency 5 Sensi. Not to be confused with our regular Spency. Spency 5 Sensi. Oh, and I see it. That was intense. Um, is an EST tier always with us in the lock shop. Uh, Matt Lang, Running Man, the final ones that went through. And oh, then Ross everybody DNF. else that got thrown over the top rope. Um, what a race. What a race. What a week. What a show today. Um, has been a lot of fun, though, gang. I mean, I'm sure you'll be talking a lot of Jets over the course of the weekend with your friends. Um, if you if you do happen to be talking to anyone that's not familiar with WST, let them know about the show and where they can find us. Maybe you should get their phone, show them how to subscribe. Really appreciate that. Um, word of mouth, probably the best way to uh, get things out of what we're doing every day here on the program. Um, and needless to say, Remo, as the Jets keep on rolling the way they are right now, not to mention everything else surrounding the team. No shortage of topics for us to get to every day this week, and uh, it should be another real fun one next week as the team comes home to begin that homestand Tuesday against Columbus and then another visit of the uh, young phenom Connor Bedard here on a Thursday at Canada Life Centre. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a great week. No Patrick Laine, uh with Columbus, but... What, you got the Saturday game against the Flyers, so I think it'll be great. And, yes, the dad's trip taking place this week, a little golf in Arizona uh, tomorrow, and we get a great... I love when the Jets play in Mellot Arena because you get a view of that awesome camera angle in their lovely 5,000-seat arena. So <laughs> that's how you know. And, and stay tuned, I guess, Monday morning, late Sunday yes. night, uh, to our podcast where Jets uh, Weekly. Connor's going to be on. That'll be on YouTube as well. I think I post on YouTube like Monday uh, Monday morning first thing. So uh, make sure yeah. you are subscribed for the updates on that. Yeah, and you know what? You can turn your notifications on. You'll know when it's there. Um, but yeah, Connor uh, will have that for uh, everybody Monday morning for your drive to work. So check that out. A full recap of what has been a very eventful week for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, his hardest working player, the top three stars. Um, that show's really sort of blown up the last couple of weeks. So another reason to be subscribed and it'll be there for you. Coming out of the Arizona game on Sunday night. Uh, as I said, what a week it's been. Thanks so much. Welcome to everybody new that's found us this week. Hopefully you'll be regulars with us. And uh, here's to a win tonight. And to be able to uh, do the Vince McMahon walk everywhere we go tomorrow as the Jets could be the number one team, at least for the night, in the National Hockey League, passing the New York Rangers and the Colorado Avalanche is number one. Puck drop, uh, did we determine that? Is it 9 or 9.30? Uh, it's we'll at 9. That. It's at 9. We're still waiting to determine the K&R pop-up show, though. Somewhere around 5, 5.30. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, just pay attention to the boys' Twitter if you uh, if you want to check in on that. Obviously, it'll be available later on if you're uh, for you're doing something. And uh, other than that, enjoy the game tonight, folks. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Last regular season of NFL. Two good games tomorrow, especially. I'm really looking forward to that Colts Texans game tomorrow night. Uh, it'll be perfect. No Jets to uh, stress about. 
It'll just be about football and then a great day finishing up with Jets and Coyotes at 6 on Sunday and then the 720 kickoff for a game that could be all or nothing for the Buffalo Bills in Miami against the Dolphins. People in chat are saying Kenny and Randy is live now. Let me just set up a a redirect quickly so it'll take you right there and we can all say hi to Kenny and Randy. Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's going to come in and say hi to them with their guests. (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean? We're all in the part of the Winnipeg. Decorum. Decorum, people. They, what, we think they want to do a show and have no one tune in? Hey, Patrolman Pete, shut up. Bison's basketball versus undefeated Regina this weekend. That should be awesome. You got a great, great young team. Oh, Brant Batters, 7 p.m. here in Seattle. Nicely done. You're, by the way, does anyone want to go to Seattle on uh, March 8th or maybe March 7th? For what? Jets? Uh yeah, for the Jets. And then the Jets and Canucks on the Saturday night. That sounds pretty fun, actually. Uh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. I'm kind of, I've, I've been been checking that out. Yeah, Spency. No fake news in chat, please. Everybody behave. Um, They're not on MC right now. Storm. They're not on. Okay, uh, sorry. Just end the show. Yeah, that is it. More fake news. More fake yeah, news in the fake, chat. That was fake news. <laughs> not cool. <laughs> Uh, alternative facts. There's been many alternative facts this week, so why not have one more alternative fact? The guys yeah. will be on later on. Pay attention to their Twitter. They'll let you know when they're on. Um, gang, have a great weekend. We will see you Monday, 1 p.m. here live to uh, wrap the weekend and get ready for the Jets returning home. And don't forget, Monday morning, you'll also have Jets this week ready on the WST channel with the Wonder Boy himself, Connor Ravchak. That'll be available on YouTube as well. Uh, For Michael Remus and myself, thank you to all the sponsors, everyone that's been with us this week. Special welcome to everybody new that's jumped on board. We'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.